When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big sales. You guys know what election deniers are? You know who election deniers are, right? These are people that don't believe their particular candidate lost an election. We have a sports version of those guys. They're called Dallas Cowboy fans. They're called defeat deniers, though. They're defeat deniers. And even the players, they they reflect that attitude and thinking. So let me lay this out today on what Micah Parsons said about the game on Sunday that they just lost. Here, here, let, let me get the quote. I, I want to get the exact quote. Here it is. We are even more confident than ever before. That is a loser mentality. That's a loser mentality. Micah Parsons is a loser. And there lies the difference between Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson and Dallas. Do you think you're going to parade around a locker room or you're going to parade around the media after you get your face kicked in by San Francisco by 32 and you lose a game to the other dominant team in the NFC and you're saying we're more confident? He was parading around after the Niners kicked the living shit out of him. And now he's parading around saying, we're even more confident. How can you be more confident in losing? Man, I love sports. I love sports. And you know what? If you're going to call me, Sills, oh man, get off my lawn. I'm going to stay on that lawn because you know why? These kids today... No disrespect to people that are born in this generation. Fuck that mentality. You're a loser. Okay? I will never settle for for an attitude like that. Now, do you learn from mistakes? Absolutely. The only way you become successful is from mistakes, not being a front runner. But you don't go around telling people, Hey, I feel more confident than ever before because the Eagles kicked our ass and we couldn't stop him at the end of the game. 
I mean, give me a break. We're more confident. Dude, you know what the Eagles have this year that is on display every week? They got a sense of urgency. They got a T-shirt that they wear that you just don't see and others don't see it. It says, unfinished business. That organization is built on 1-0. I always said this about Tom Brady. I said Tom Brady's the greatest 1-0 quarterback in the history of the National Football League. He never looked behind. He never looked forward. There lies the difference between him and guys like LeBron James. LeBron James posts on his Twitter page how great it is to be the all-time leading scorer, how great it is to pass Kobe, how great it is to do this and that, how great it is that, oh, oh, look at what I did. You never heard Brady talk like that, and you never hear Jalen Hurts talk like that either. You know, it's funny. I've never heard Jalen Hurts mention one thing about being the runner-up from the MVP. I've never heard Jalen Hurts talk about his statistics. I've never heard Jalen Hurts talk about himself, actually. If you think about it, you know what the great character of that guy is? I've never heard him talk about himself unless it was in a defeat. Those are winners. This is on me. Yeah, we played great. That's a guy you run through walls for and you run into a boiling pot of water for. That's why they don't lose. That's why they've won 22 or 26. 26 weeks, they've held the record for the best record in the NFL. That's like a college number, like I said yesterday. The great ones make it about their teammates. You'd think the Eagles would be parading around if they got beat by the Cowboys going like this. Hey, we learned a lot about Dallas. <laughs> that guy is the biggest. I don't want to make it personal. But, man, that is a, such a loser mentality. I hate that. Again, like I said, you learn from failure. You do. There's no doubt about it. You're going to fail more in life. Dude, Edison, what does he always say? I figured that there was, what, 20,000 ways not to make a light bulb? He only needed one way to figure it out. It's about perseverance. It's about pressing forward. It's not about talking about what happened on Sunday. Shit, man, that, that Cowboy game for the Eagles is in the rearview mirror. And you know what? That, that, that Eagle game for the Cowboys is still front and center, like it was after 49er game. <laughs> what a loser. An absolute loser mentality. I would never... Dude, could you imagine a guy like that walking around a Jimmy Johnson locker room and talking that shit, holy cow, he would come down on you like a thunderbolt. Oh, my God, talking about losing, not happening. And then making it and dressing it up to make it look like, I don't know. We have election deniers in this country. And we have defeat deniers. They're called the Cowboys. What a great drama. The Cowboys are the best drama in TV. They're just not a really good football organization. Are they good? Yeah, but they get in their own way. And you know what gets in their own way? Their mentality. 
That's a loser talking like that. I mean, I'm, I'm Micah Parsons, who's supposed to be the best defensive player and the best player on the Cowboys, is saying we learned from and we're more confident now than ever before. So the two ass beatings that you took, you've learned a lot about yourself. What's that? You can't win against the big boys? There's something wrong with that guy. Then again, that's an organizational cultural thing. You know, I, was, I, I heard Tone say something about the culture of the Eagles. And they were talking about Nick. Nick is benefiting from the culture. He wasn't part of that culture. That culture has been instituted for the last 20 years. Does he know how to manage the culture? Is he being part of it? Is he adapting to it? Absolutely he has. But that's not his culture. That culture has been implemented from the first day that Jeffrey Lurie bought this team. And Joe Banner. And when they hired Howie back in 2000. This thing has been nurtured the whole way for the last 25 years. That's why they don't want cancers in the locker room. Nick's part of it. Cowboys don't have a culture. Steelers have a culture. Look at how, how are the Steelers winning? Culture. They used to be the gold. Well, they kind of still are the gold standard. Three coaches since the last time we put a man on the moon. There's been more popes and presidents in the United States and around the world for the Popes than coaches in Pittsburgh. That's culture. That's how you keep pushing forward, driving forward, believing in what you're doing. Three coaches in Pittsburgh is how you do it. Not compromising yourself and telling, hey, I feel more confident after getting my shit kicked in. Dallas is such a non, you know what? I take it back. Dallas is such a, they, they, I don't know. They're never going to win a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones in a way. They're just not. Maybe Steven will change the dynamic when Jerry's out of the way, but Jesus criminy. You got people walking around your locker room with their heads held high after getting beat by Philly and the way they got beat. How do you do that? Wow, I would be so angry and upset that we lost the way we did and how we lost like that and decision-making process we had. And I would be so upset. I wouldn't be talking about rose petals and rainbows and butterflies. Man, that is so stupid. He's a dumbass. Champions don't talk like that. Yeah, I learned a lot about Frazier after I fought him. And Frazier's like this. I can't wait to fight that guy again because I'm going to kick the shit out of him. I'd rather have him say that. I want Philly again. Okay. That's the attitude I want to see. Not, wait, no matter if the, we win or lose on the scoreboard, we still won. <laughs> okay. That's why you haven't been to an NFC championship game in 30 years. Red Sox had the babe curse. Cowboys have the Jimmy Johnson curse. Dirty D, amen. 
Amen. Damn, dog. What is wrong with those folks? Jesus criminy. The segment with my man Tone at 3.30. Angelo Cataldi, the legendary Philadelphia sports talk host, will be with us at 4.30. The greatest sports talk host in Philadelphia sports history will join us at 4.30. Angelo Cataldi. Philly Godfather at 5.30 will join us. And we will get his perspective. One of the biggest fans of the Eagles. Loved it when the Cowboys went down. He'll join us at 5.30. Holy cow, man. Defeat deniers is who the Cowboys are. The Dallas Cowboys are clearly the Dallas Kardashians. They don't know. I mean, I've never seen people win more with no talent. I mean, honestly, the Kardashians, I give them a lot of credit. You know why? What what makes the Kardashians incredible? All they do is make money off their brand. That's what the Cowboys do. They make money off their brand. They don't win. They're not in any big games. They don't win. Aikman said this two, um, two years ago. When's the last time the Cowboys won a big game? That's a big game. Jalen Hurts is moving this way, okay? You know, they're trying to give Dak Prescott credit because I heard Ryan Clark on ESPN go like this. Now I know Dak Prescott can show up in championship moments. Dude, the culture we have today is so ass backwards. I hate it. I don't belong in a culture like that. And I agree with you guys. It's past my time. Because I I would never have that mentality. I'm talking about a guy who's never won a big game in his entire life. And Ryan Clark is now coming out. He's like one of the head guys at ESPN too. He's going like this. Now I know Dak can show up in championship moments. What about the dude across across the line of scrimmage? What about him? You know what's crazy? The media is pushing me more and more towards Jalen Hurts as the underdog. He's an underdog. Plain and simple. He's a, how could a $50 million quarterback be an underdog? He is. Jalen Hurts is the biggest underdog in the NFL as a starting quarterback. He is, he is an underdog. No matter, get this, no matter what his record is, it doesn't matter. They're still going to look at someone else more. They're giving Dak Prescott more kudos because he showed up for the test. I don't belong here. Because if I was the coach of that football team after that game, I'd look at those guys and go like this. Hey, you got the Giants on the other side of this. I don't want to hear anybody bitching and crying about losing this Eagle game. We got a task at hand. A lot of football to be played. Okay? We have a sense of urgency now. We're two and a half games behind them, guys. We can't make mistakes. I wouldn't be talking about, hey, we showed up, we played well. And now we got the Giants. That's how you get beat this week. Man, that is such a loser attitude. I don't know how you tolerate that if you're Mike McCarthy. I've never played for a coach that would tolerate that. I, I've, 
you know, I know I played for tough coaches, Coach Perkins and Jimmy and Tom Landry and all those guys. I, I played for some really rough coaches. <laughs> man, uh, I just, man, I'm, I'm from a different era, dude. That is exactly why we hate the Cowboy Sills every year, week after week. Dude, you're taking bows for losing. And the media eats it because you know why? They don't care about reality. They care about ratings. Oh, man. Boy, sports coverage has changed. You know, I used to get accused of sensationalizing things. I still do. And all the pundits and all the people back in the day who were all the journalists, why do you think my reputation is the way it is? Because they hated the way... Everyone's doing what I'm what I did 35 years ago. Everyone's doing what I did 30 35 years ago today. I watch ESPN and I watch Pat McAfee. I've heard more F-bombs on that show than I've ever said in my 35 years on broadcasting. <laughs> and you're you're celebrating losing. This is such a mentality today. With the White House having like the winner and loser of the national championship go to the White House is a joke. Why should the second place team show up? They lost. Well, it's competition. Fuck that. Are you crazy? Man. Defeat deniers are in our society today. That's why I, when I ask you guys a question like, are you happy with Jeffrey Lurie having won only one Super Bowl in 30 years, his 30th year is this year? Half of you say yes. Half of you are happy with 22 wins out of 26. By the way, I'm not going to lie. I think that's sensational. But it's not enough. It doesn't validate you. You know, I, I hear people talking about Nick Sirianni's win percentage. So what? He's won 700%. Dick Sirianni's not a better coach than Vermeil. Dick Vermeil's got just a little bit above 500. He's not a better coach than Vermeil. Guy up in um, Green Bay has a 680 win percentage. What's that mean? Kyle Shanahan has a great win percentage. What's that mean? What's he won? Has he validated anything? What, 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 what does Nick Sirianni have over Kyle Shanahan? Nothing. And vice versa. Coaches are validated not by their one-loss record. They're validated by their championships. Because they can't play. At least a player like Marino can validate his play. Because you got to build a team around him. Coaches only valid, validated by one thing. Have you won a title? Not your one loss percentage record. That has nothing to do with the narrative because that's why Marty Schottenheimer's won 200 games. We'll never get to the playoffs. Why? We'll never get to the Hall of Fame. Why? Because he didn't perform well in the postseason. He's like four in 14 or six in 14 or some shit like that. Coaches are only validated by one thing, not one loss records. And by the way, 
No, no, T, I don't think Nick's not a good coach. I think he's a perfect generational coach of today. They have, they have love for us, Sills. Look at how many cowgirls and 49er fans we have in Philly chat. How you doing? Prince, dude, Jesus, criminy. That mentality of celebrating losing is so a thing today in our society. Look, I'm not preaching. I hate preachers too. And I'm not talking religious preachers. I'm talking about preachers who come on the radio or come on shows like this. And I hate preaching. I don't want anyone preaching to me either. Okay? I don't like it. But damn, dude. I keep, I, I, I've heard nothing since Sunday. I swear to you. Remember I told you this the other day? By Wednesday. You would think that the Cowboys won. Crazy. We're even more confident than we were ever before today, Michael Parsons. Kid, what have you done in the NFL that gives you confidence that you have a good football team? Name me one thing. Get this. What impact have you had on your football team as a championship football player or future championship football player? Lawrence Taylor won titles, put teams. Do you know the first year that LT came into the league that the New York Giants hadn't gone to a playoff game in the postseason in like 30 some odd years? It was 31 years. LT's first year, he puts the Giants in the playoffs. And not only was that guy the rookie of the year defensively, he was the defensive player of the year. That's impacting your team. That's when you move the needle. Rams are signing Carson Wentz. Good for Carson. Good. Good for Carson Wentz. And he's in a perfect position to save his career now. He's got a genius coach. He's got a genius coach. Look, I'm going to say this to you guys, and half of you will agree, and the other half will not. Carson Wentz's time in Philadelphia was a success. Let me get to Dirty D. Sirianni was asked after the game about the side moving Slay in the slot against Lamb late in the fourth, and Sirianni said he had no idea that happened. I said, damn, Sills was right. He's a cheerleader. Well, that could also mean this, though, Dirty D. He gave him the autonomy to do it on his own. That's coaching, too. Okay? That's coaching, too. So you got to kind of, hey, allowing your coaches to coach in-game is also a trait you have to give the coach. Let's be fair here. Okay? Let me say this to you about the Carson Wentz signing with the Rams. 
congratulations. You had a tremendous successful run in Philadelphia. It ended horrifically. You were part of a Super Bowl championship team. You finished second in the MVP voting. You won a division title. You were the first quarterback in Philadelphia football history to throw for 4,000 yards. You set records. You have the all-time single-season touchdown number. You have helped that franchise win home field advantage. Without you playing the way you did, Philly doesn't have home field advantage. And you don't win the Super Bowl in 17. Now, the problem is your bedside manner is on display here. People don't like your bedside manner. How much of that is the Philadelphia Eagles talking shit on Wentz after the fact, too? Could always be a factor, other teams. Look at Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay said that 3,900 yards and 27 touchdowns and six picks was a bad season. Really? Take a look at what you're doing now, a quarterback guy. They won nine games with him. So that whatever Jim Irsay says, I'm not sure he's not popped up on pills. And you're never going to really give Carson Wentz the kudos and respect he had in Philadelphia for what he did. By the way, he was a shooting star lasted five years, roughly. Okay? Only one way to look at it. I can't wait to get Angelo on. He may disagree. He may completely disagree. Now, are the Eagles in a better place today without him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Carson. See you later. I'd rather have Hurts. Difference is, he owns a Super Bowl ring. And some would go like this, well, that was Nick Foles. Not really. Okay? Nick won a few games, most important games, no question. That guy went 11-2. and two. That season. Had a phenomenal year. And that year that he threw for 4,000 yards, too? That one guy over 500 yards receiving, there's no A.J. Browns on that team. And I'm not dissing on Jalen here with that. Every team's different. Okay? I actually think Carson Wentz is going to do a great job in Los Angeles with Sean McVay. Okay? I do. That's what you call a team effort. Love to see it. Absolutely. That was that was next man up stuff. That 17 team is not as talented as these last two years. Okay? They're not as talented. But you know what they had the same thing that these two teams have? is willpower. Do you, do you know the difference between the 2022 and the 2023 team and the 17 team? Do you know what the difference is? And I'm talking about the players on the field. There were key experienced guys in key positions on that team, okay, that won the Super Bowl. And you had a guy play out of his mind like Eli Manning at quarterback. And you had coaches coaching out of their mind, okay? Everything worked together. If I'm not mistaken, right, did it – like how many, how many quarterbacks got hurt in the playoffs? Everything lined up great. Look, you know, I, I said this the other day. Now I'm going to pull it back. I don't think it was a fluke, but they didn't. They didn't sustain that. It was not sustainable. They learned a lot from that 17 team. 
Okay, they did. They learned a lot from that 2017 team. Unsustainability. Okay, they're not making the same mistakes they made in 18 this year. And I, everybody knows you see that all the time after a Super Bowl appearance. Okay? Absolutely. How do I think Carson Wentz will do in Los Angeles? Outstanding. He's got great coaching around him again. Okay? He's got Cooper Cup. I think he'll do a fabulous job. It wouldn't shock me if he starts this weekend. And that Sean puts him right in there. And they win some ball games. Sean's a heck of a play-calling coach. Who do they play this week? Or are they in a bye? I think they're on a bye. He'll start the next game for the Rams. He'll start the next game. Because they're in a bye now. They'll get him his time, and he'll start coming out of the bye. Um, good for Carson. They must not think that Stafford's going to make it back. Out. I, I was told that Stafford was going to make it back after the bye. But then again, you got to remember something about the Rams. Weren't they trying to move him in the offseason? They may just shut him down. I don't know. I don't know. Remember, Sills, they had Mayfield, and look what they did for his career. Absolutely, they got him a job in Tampa. You shouldn't be mad at Wentz. Wentz helped bring you a Super Bowl. Did he? Did he let? Here, here's here's the here's the tombstone for Carson Wentz in Philly. Thank you, Carson, for helping being part of a team that brought home one of the most significant championships in Philadelphia sports history. Unfortunately, it didn't end well. And unfortunately, you weren't the long-term answer here. Good luck to you in your future. See you down the road. Next. No ill will. You can't have ill will towards once. He's part of a championship Super Bowl team. Anybody who contributed to that win, you revere, not revile. Okay? How about that too, man? Carson Wentz going back to a place where he's not going to play in the Coliseum, actually. Guy blows his knee out, still finishes the drive. Walks into the locker room, ends the season. I don't know. You guys want to give Jalen Hurts all the credit in the world for being hurt? How about finishing a drive in the Los Angeles Coliseum? No? On a structurally damaged knee, he finished it. Well, tell me that guy's not tough. Maybe not tough mentally. Okay? In my heart of hearts, I'm grateful for Wentz. <laughs> Tone is one of the best football people I know in how he sees the game. For such a young guy, it didn't end well. All things don't end well. That's right. 
how we would like it, but it's life. Wentz helped deliver a Super Bowl. He gets my love and respect for that alone. That's all I think you have to give someone. You, you don't have to like somebody, but you respect somebody for what their accomplishment was part of. Did you like his mannerisms? No. Did you like his attitude? No. Did you like the way he carried himself? No. Did you like what he did for your team? Totally. Totally. I think there's a bad vibe on Wentz in Philly. And get this. It's okay, guys. Jalen covered it. He covered it. He covered it. You're good. It's time to move on. Really is. As a, as, as a Philadelphia Eagle fan, you should be doing this. Hey, you know what? I hope the guy really has a great career out there in Los Angeles, just not against us. He'll always be part of Philadelphia sports history. I don't know how you don't look at it any other way, unless you're a meathead. He's got bad character. He's got, you don't know that. Don't believe everything everybody says because then you become sheep. I mean it, man. The number one thing that's the weakest part of the media is that they'll believe each other to cover for one another because that's who they are. Because they take the word of each other. I don't take the word of anybody. I take my own word. I judge a character of a man by my word, not your word. You're not going to influence me on how I think of somebody else. I've never lived that way, and nor will I ever. But see, people do that all the time in life. Somebody will say something about someone else, and you know what they'll do? They'll take the word of that and at, like it's gospel. And the greatest example of that is X. Oh, he said it? Must be true. I tell my kid that all the time. Form your own opinion on things. Don't let anyone ever think for you. Okay, but it's 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 an easy layup. Okay? And again, watch this. Hey, Carson, good luck to you, kid. Just not against us, because when we play us, man, we're going to come at you even harder, dog. <laughs> okay? And we're going to kick your ass all up and down the field. It's not personal. It's just business. Take it out of the Godfather. Hey, you see? This ain't personal. It's strictly business. You got that mentality? You're going to win. The reality is we don't know him personally. I don't know him from a can of paint. I only know what Frank told me about him. We can assume all we want. It's all it is, an assumption. All we know is he couldn't stay healthy. Facts. And he imploded in the end. Facts. He was not mentally, you know what he, you know what he was? He wasn't mentally tough enough to overcome the injuries on the team and the loss of coaches that he trusted. And that's the implosion part of it. He didn't know how to handle it which means Doug didn't help him that much in the end. He tried supporting him, but there wasn't people. 
and people in the locker room were divided because of Foles. Because there was a conversation, if I'm not mistaken, you guys can correct me. Should we keep Nick or should we trade Wentz? That started to become a factor, wasn't it? Foles winning that Super Bowl was the worst thing that could have ever happened to Wentz. I think he tried to do as much after and force bad throws. I think he could never live with it. I think he could never live with it. And again, is he mentally tough? No. Because all the things that caved in around him, hey, look at look at look at look at Jalen Hurts, how shit caved in around him on national television with Tua. That's a totaling, but he never imploded. He never imploded. He started losing. The locker room was divided. Management became divided. Lesser talent. Coaches left. He couldn't overcome that. Is, is that a factor? Or is, is that, yeah, is that, is that an excuse? Absolutely not. you got to be better than that, especially when somebody gets you $38 million. Remember, remember hey, remember what Boomer Esiason said on this show that was kind of an obscure comment. You got to learn to live with the contract. Wentz couldn't learn to live with it. He didn't know how to live with it. He didn't know how to deal with it. Jalen does. Hence why you 22 or 26. That's the difference here. Absolutely. It was a real conversation in the city. I know my dad was all in on folds after the Super Bowl win. Got to tell you, so was I. My dad is a fan. So that's all you can really. Well, here, I'll tell you this. It, you know what, guys? You know why I was pulling for folds to stay in Philly? I'll tell you why I was pulling for Foles instead of Wentz to stay in Philly. Because of what he did in New Orleans, not the Super Bowl. He showed me he could do it again. And when he showed me he could do it again, I said, you need to give this guy this team. Okay? And then what did they do? They sent him to Doug Marone. Think about Foles' run. Outside of Philadelphia, where he got some of the best coaching in his career. He goes to the Jags with Doug Marone. Then he goes to the shitty Bears. Then he goes to um, Indianapolis. Who's coaching him? The Cowboys are usually looking forward to the next game against us, saying that they think the outcome will be different. Let those idiots think that, man. They're, they're so in a delusional franchise. It's 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 a it's actually comical. It's actually comical. In fairness to Foles, the Jags gave him an offer he couldn't read. No, of course the money and the Eagles were kind of in a bind because they had given Wentz the thirty-eight million. I mean. Look at look at how that decision is almost exactly like the Brady decision with Bledsoe, right? Or what was his name? Ryan. What was that kid's name? Um, Ryan, the guy from Green Bay that went to Seattle, and they had Russell Wilson in the third, and they gave that guy a big contract. And then they chose Russell Wilson instead. And you know, th those are decisions that are franchise-changing decisions. 
Sales, you ever play mini craft? I have no idea what that is. Tone will have to help me with that is. <laughs> so, how many people in here think that the Carson Wentz era was a success? Was it Ryan? Matt, Matt Flynn? Okay, Matt Flynn, thank you. What up, Maniac? How many people would, would dub that a success? <clears throat> Wentz quit, no heart, Super Bowl ring. Ray, he can always come back to you and go like this. Super Bowl ring. Whatever you say, call him a loser, whatever. Super Bowl ring. Super Bowl ring. He was a loser. To Super Bowl ring. He quit. Super Bowl ring. He was seeing ghosts. Super Bowl ring. Can't overcome it. That's a, that's a conversation ender. Super Bowl ring. Philadelphia sports fans were crying that day. Super Bowl ring. Right? Look, you don't have to like every guy that played. But what you do have to do is respect people who brought something that you never had in your lifetime and in your father's lifetime and in your grandfather's lifetime. Something that you haven't seen. And again, I told you this before. Philadelphia has never had a dynasty except for the Flyers. Okay? You've never had a dynasty. You've got a chance here. This is why we're... Do you know that this is why that we constantly, at 8-1, and one, why we sit here and we are talking... Get this. I would be, if I was talking sports in Dallas, like say on the radio or what have you, I would be killing the Cowboys. Jerry would have me pulled off the air. One thing about me is I'm always hungry, but I'll never be ungrateful. Damn right, man. Once you take a bite of the steak, you want another bite. They would pull me off the air in Dallas because of the way I talk. There are absolutely no moral victories in the NFL. Fans are allowed to think this way, but the moment a player starts thinking this way, they are done. J.H., Micah Parsons has a loser mentality. Sills, would you do to fix our past defense? We're going to get all into that. I'm gonna, I, I, we're we're going to move on here. Let me move off the topic page. By the way, again, um, don't forget the segment tone at 3.30. Angelo Cataldi will be with us at 4.30. Philly Godfather at 5.30. And throughout the program, our great friends at Hooters, folks, we really appreciate the fact that they're supporting the program now. All you have to do is email the program, Show at Gmail. Give us your information, and we will send you out an absolutely great gift certificate, some merchandise. Tone's going to throw a code word out throughout the entire four hours. And on a football Monday, you may hear your name called. And we've been doing this. It's been a grand slam the entire time. So once again, you'll see a code word 
throughout the four hours of the program. All you have to do is email us, dancilioshow at gmail.com. And we do this from Tuesday to Friday. On a football Monday, we give you an opportunity for you to be able to win yourself those great gift certificates. So we appreciate it very much. I'm going to get to the topics here in a second, but I'm glad to see a lot of you guys in here are giving some of the kudos here to, to Carson Wentz and a little bit of a good luck. Hey, did it finish? Cool. No. Um, was it kind of a an abortion at the end? Absolutely. It was terrible. It was a terrible ending. No one's denying that. And it was great that they moved off him. And it was great that they moved into Hertz. Okay. That's what championship organizations do. You know what a lot of people like to do? That's such a great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I usually don't get thrown by tones, code words, but. <laughs> Uh, that you got me, Tone. <laughs> you you got me good there on that. Okay, yeah, you got me on that one there, man. Okay, you you, you got me good there on that. All right. So, hey, by the way, top ten NFL teams, top ten NFL quarterbacks. We do this our weekly list. We're gonna get into that as well. Um. I got a question for you coming up here about one of the players on the team here in a second. All right. Let's move into the topics here now. Does it bother you the way the Eagles are winning games this year versus how they won games last year? Does it bother you on how it looks this year compared to how they dominated we all agree they were more dominant last year than this year. They're really not dominating anybody. They're winning. Okay? No, you look at last year's team. Hey, last year, were they 8-1 also? Were they 8-1 last year? Or were they 8-0? I mean, were they 8-1? So last were, were, were they 8-1? Okay. So last year's eight and one run to get to eight and one versus this year's run to get to eight and one. Are you okay with how they're winning games this year compared to how they won last year? It's completely different. It's not the same. The only thing that they're doing great in pass defense this year is inside the 20. And run defense. The rest of it, you can make excuses all you want. That secondary is not very good. Okay? And it's slow. Like the Cowboy receivers were saying. They're slow. And when people talk about injuries, welcome to the NFL. Injuries are not excuses for anybody, including the 49ers. Hey, well, they're without Trent Williams and Debo. Okay, so Eagles are going to be without Goddard. The Jets are without Rodgers. It's part of it. That's why it's a week-to-week conversation on who the best team in the league is. One player can knock you out from that. You know, you can have, get this. This is what makes the eight and one stuff 
almost a non-factor except for the tally at the end when it comes to home field advantage. You can have an eight and one record and you can lose Jalen Hurts. Are you still the best team in the league? No. You, you, you can have a seven and two record in Baltimore. You lose Lamar Jackson. Are you the best team in the AFC? Or if you lose Mahomes in Kansas City? No. The record means nothing then. It just means that, hey, you built up a lot of wins. Hopefully you can hang on. Last year we dominated at the start of the game and held on. This year we keep close and make dominant plays at the end. And result, it's the same. Okay. I understand losing to Washington. Last year's team's not losing to the Jets. We let teams stay in it more. The 2022 team's not losing to the Jets. Not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. You keep, you're keeping teams in it more? Now, you got to remember something else. You are more of a target this year. You weren't a target last year. And what I mean by target, when you're on top of the hill, you got more people circling the summit there trying to knock you off the hill than you did trying to climb up. You know, maneuvering to get yourself to the top of the mountain. You know, that's... That's another type of journey. Staying up on top, dude, you got everybody wanting the top spot on you. So every week you're going to get team Super Bowls. I mean, the Jets played their best game against you. And, 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 and believe me, I think they played better against you than they did against Buffalo in the opener. Last year was all about strong starts. This year is about strong finishes. As scary as it looks on game day, this style wins in the playoffs. Remember all the Super Bowl was all about strong start, weak finish. Last year, yeah. Um, Like I said, though, the question is, are you okay with winning the way you are? Okay. Um, For me? I think there's little room for error at the end of ball games this year than there is last year. Like you can't make a turnover because you put teams in position to beat you. You've put almost every single team except the Buccaneers in a position to beat you at the, every at every game. So there's little room for error. You could make mistakes or not have a quarterback um, play at the end of the year. You can't get this. So if you're going to play with that style – and some of you are okay with that style. Last year, you could make some mistakes at the end. This year, you can't. Because everyone's close. One turnover costs you a ball game. With this style of play this year versus last year. That's the difference. You built up a strong head of steam last year against teams. Teams were fighting back. By the time they got to the 58th minute... If they got back into games, they weren't in it enough for them to take the game. This year, because you have allowed teams to hang in there, 
you have little room and little margin for error at the end this year than you did a year ago. Am I wrong? Both Washington games, um, Cowboy game. I go. I, I can go to pretty much every game this year except Bucks. Okay. Coaching doesn't help our defense. We like to play soft and hope teams make mistakes. Yeah, but you know what, Trexler? That's becoming more of a way of how you play defense in today's NFL. Okay? That's that's how you – That's how. I think a lot of teams are playing that bend but don't break. You know why? Because most teams don't have a ton of personnel. You know, I, I will say this about the Eagles this, this year versus the Eagles last year and the style of play that they have. See, I think the Eagles have walked back. I mean, look at the dramatic walk back from having the best pass defense to the worst pass defense, okay? Um, and by the way, I know, and there's no question that today, and I've always said this, you have to stop the run. You have to. And that is one of the reasons why Washington hangs in every game with Philly. Remember what I told you? What's the one thing Washington has that keeps them in every Philly game? They got a just as good a D-line as you. And it keeps them in every ball game. That's what keeps them in it, Washington. And they got some playmakers on the numbers. Okay? Dan, compare Hurts and Mahomes stats from this year including rushing TDs. You know what I would say, Nunez? I would say this. Who's making bigger plays instead of sets, uh, instead of stats? Jalen Hurts outplayed Dak. Dak had bigger numbers. Do you want to compare that? And, and by the way, Mahomes has been to five straight AFC titles and two Super Bowl wins. Let's not push that aside either you want to put rushing touchdowns sills would you would a blowout win have helped the psyche of the team having a few of those under their belt last year was nice for us how about the players actually i think this year's wins probably build up more metal for you because last year you could coast and you, there's a tendency always to pull your foot off the gas pedal. And that was one, one of the criticisms of last year's team. Remember, they couldn't put teams away. Remember, we, we, we go like this. They get this lead. They, they, get, they get out in front of teams. All of a sudden, these teams would creep back in, right? Because they couldn't put teams away. Why? Because they couldn't stop the run as well. See, with the difference with this year, they're able to win games because you know why? Teams last year were able to kind of crawl back in. Why? They could run a ball on you. You were 16th. And if you're 16th, you're a middle-of-the-road kind of football team, which means you can creep back in running the ball. What does running the ball do in the second half? It keeps play action alive, and it keeps you in third and short usually. Okay? So am I cool with it? Dude, eight and one's eight and one. 
All right? And I think you build more metal up for games that you have coming up here. These next five games are going to tell me all I need to know about the Eagles. The Cowboy game was the beginning. Told me a lot about the team and about Hurts. I, I, I can't take how people think that Dak Prescott should be getting credit. And people are saying that he outplayed. He did not. That's like saying Jalen outplayed Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He did not. Mahomes made more critical plays in critical situations to win the biggest game on the planet. End of story. Yeah, but he didn't have the number. Who cares? It's about making big plays and not the bad play. It's about situational excellence. Not about numbers. You play to win the game. Thank you, Prince. That's why sometimes numbers don't have to be gaudy. What are the two numbers in that game on Sunday that gave Jalen that game? 130 QBR and the percentage of completion percentage. He was accurate and efficient. I think Dak was 115. Dak had a good completion percentage. But throwing to some dude named Tolbert is a situational mistake, which the Cowboys are known for. Right? To me, that's how you gauge a quarterback. Not statistically here. No picks for Hurts. No bad plays. Making the critical plays in critical moments. That's how you gauge a quarterback, man. Look, there's there's effective and efficient plays versus guys who are just throwing for yards. Remember what I told you about coordinators? There's coordinators in the NFL that want to put up big numbers and big, big scoring numbers. They're not trying to win the game. They just want to put big numbers up because that's how you get a job in the NFL. Putting big numbers up. Can I tell you who that guy is? It's Kellen Moore. Watching Kellen Moore, he loves big numbers. But does he win games? I see, you know what? It looks like the Cowboys have moved to the West Coast and now the Chargers. Sills, weren't you impressed with that Jets win? I know, it looked like the Cowboys. I don't think Kellen Moore is a very good offensive coordinator. I I just don't. Hey, MC, sounds like Miami. Miami's a textbook example of that. When you got to get into a game against a team like Kansas City, Philly, and Buffalo, and you can't win, what are we talking about? Those are the playoff teams. One of those teams may be a Super Bowl or AOC opponent. You can't beat those teams? What are we talking about? Right? What exactly are we talking about here? I think this year's team's building metal up. And get this, I'll tell you something that I will add to what the remarkable start to this season has been. I don't know what these next five games are going to bring. I just know this. 
for them to continue the momentum, those guys must be mentally exhausted. Yeah, thank you, Death Row. They must be mentally exhausted. This buy couldn't have come at a better time for physical. I hear Nick gave him the entire week off, which is wonderful. Rest your mind, your soul, and your heart, and your body. You must be completely fried mentally. You've been going since the middle of February at a high fever pitch with a sense of urgency every freaking week, every game. You must be mentally exhausted because that team doesn't have letdowns. They may, they may have bad plays in games, but they don't have mental letdowns like you see in Dallas with the Cardinals or the Niners. Those are mental letdowns. Even when you're not getting exceptional play. By the way, boy, that Bradbury signing looks terrible. Or extension. Is Howie wrong? For making that extension? No. Okay, so this is what you got. Slay's not horrible. But he's showing time and signs of father time. Injuries? Slower. And then your other corner, too, is having an underwhelming year. Makes the whole group look bad. Slay's not a pro bowler. Bradbury is one of the worst graded corners in the league. It makes the whole group look shitty. Makes Slay look worse, actually. Okay? You want to pin it on Slay? Wrong guy. You need to pin it on, pin it on Bradbury. Now, again, like I said, am I mad at Howie for signing... Um, James Bradbury do a deal? No. I pat him on the back. It's the right thing to do. You got to keep taking swings. I don't want a guy who doesn't take swings. That's who I don't want as my GM. Jerry Jones needed a power back. Did he not in that game on Sunday? You should have moved heaven and earth to try to get Derrick Henry on that team. You should have did everything in your power to get him on that team. He puts Derrick Henry on that team. They beat the Eagles. Stead. He stands pat. Philly got better. And Philly pushed you further back in the rearview mirror in the NFC East. Dude, you're not going anywhere with that mentality. Howie Roseman's constantly looking to get that team better. And he's going to take a You know, can I tell you who Howie Roseman is? He's Mike Trout. And what I mean by that is this. He's going to hit 320. He's going to hit you 42 homers. He's going to hit you 130 RBIs. Well, he's going to strike out 250 times. This guy swings for the fences. This guy ain't swinging for singles. He's swinging for the fences. You know, back in the day, nobody would ever take the walk of shame with four Ks in a game. No, no, 200 strikeouts? Nobody believed in that kind of mentality. Today, it's, it's a fundamental way of how you play the ball game if you're Machado or if you're Trout or if you're Harper or any of these guys. They don't mind the strikeouts. Back in the day, the walk of shame was terrible. You know what organizations like Dave Dombrowski want today? They want people that swing for the fences. 
You get three strikeouts and you hit a bomb and you win the game. That's why you're paid $35 million. It's a great mentality. I want people who think like that. Keep swinging. Keep swinging away. Keep signing guys. Keep looking for dudes. Okay? I got to, you know what? I have a question that I think will be a little bit, it's about Goddard. Okay? And I'm going to do that because I'm going to take a time out here, but I, I got a question on Goddard. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it here in a second. Don't forget the segment tone, my guy. He's going to join me at 3.30. Angelo Cataldi is going to join us at 4.30. Philly Godfather is going to join us at 5.30. Happy Wings Giving from Hooters here in November. The Iconic Hooter Girls want to thank you guys so much for going into all the locations from Rhode Island down through Jersey, through King of Prussia, with specials each and every single day. We're so proud to have it here. Ice cold Coors Light drafts, $2.99. 25% of each purchase is going to go to local charities. Hooter calendars, 2024. There's $100 gift certificates inside or worth of $100 inside the calendars for you to be able to um, sit there and go. We really appreciate it. Did I say Philly Godfather? Philly 500 will join us at 5.30 Eastern time. So we will join him and he will join us at 5.30 Eastern, Philly 500. Um, we, we invite you to jump aboard with us again. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. Lunch specials Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3. Boneless wings. Happy hour Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Six items, six bucks. Get the fried pickles. I love this day a lot. It's one of my favorite. Seafood Sundays, half price. Get the buffalo shrimp. I love the steamers. Always awesome. Military Mondays, 20% off. Tuesday, buy 10 wings. Get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. Year the place was found. NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. And when you're rolling to any one of the Hooters, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Sirianni said he's happy with the run game. He's happy with the run game. Nobody believes that, Nick. Nobody believes that. Okay? Again, an untruth. Don't say anything. You don't have to answer it. What do you feel about the run game, Nick? It's a work in progress. We're getting back to it. Be all right. Next question. I'm happy with it. It's a lie. No, you're not. How can you be happy with that? That's that cheerleading bullshit. Okay. Let me let me let me throw this at you here. I asked you this question yesterday. Are you taking the Eagles or the field to win the NFC? That's right, Tone. Nick lies for no reason. He doesn't owe, th- he doesn't have to do that. You, you know what? You know what, Tone? I don't really, I don't personally think it is a lie. I think it's a cover. I, I guess that's a glorified word for saying it's a lie. I guess so. I don't think he intentionally does that. But boy, man, you don't have to answer that question with an untruth. Oh, man. Are you happy with the run game? Yeah, very happy with it. Jesus, criminy. I'm going to get to my top 10 NFL quarterbacks and top 10 NFL teams here in a second. But I do have a question to ask you about Dallas Goddard. Please hit the like button, by the way. By the way, you guys were unreal yesterday with the like button. Almost 400 likes yesterday. Thank you so much. You guys dominated. And you killed it yesterday. Thank you so much for picking us. So many other options out there. I can't thank you enough. Okay? That's why we're killing everybody. Thank you so much. Because of you guys. 
And we're going to continue to kill these guys. Do you know why? Because you guys are more talented. All right. When does it get to a point for Nick? Not Nick Sirianni so much. When does it get to a point for Howie to think of moving off of Goddard? I think the Eagles need a tight end. Is he talented? Exceptionally. Is he a guy that could be one of the best in the league? Yes. I'm tired of saying that, though. I'm tired of seeing him year to year on the IR. Got to get to a point. You can't make the club in the tub, son. Seals, why do you hate Sirianni? I don't know him from a can of paint. I think he lies when he doesn't need to. When does Howie address this? Hertz may have always picked four-leaf clovers, but one thing about Hertz is he's available weekend and week out. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. I actually like I actually like Dallas Goddard more than Zach Ertz, but I would take Zach Ertz more because he's available. Eagles need to use one of their second picks next year on a tight end. Um, I hope we get Brock Bowers. Never happened, but that's a great pick. Okay, he's a great player. Could, that guy is one of the top sandbox guys in next April's draft. A tight end from Georgia. Dude, we're looking at a guy who's always hurt. Can't make the year. Hey, shit, man. I think that conversation about health needs to be shifted from Jalen to your tight end. I'm starting to lose faith in him. Sills, you think he's bad? No. You think he's a bad teammate? No. You think he's got bad hands? No. Why don't you like him? Because he's not there half the year. It's not a rip. This is not an opinion. You're trying to build a championship football team here. You're not trying to build a daycare center or a mash unit. And by the way, will Dallas Goddard affect the team going into this next five-game stretch? Not being there? Yeah. Yeah. Leo says... Um, Availability is an ability too. Okay. I think his stiff arms get him injured. I don't know what it is. Stop doing it. Because I'm now doing. You do think Howie looks at this now and goes, second year in a row, man. Here we are. You know, guy can't finish a year. Dude, I'm not paying you for 14 or 13 games. I'm paying you for 17 ball games, and I'm paying you to help us 
get that quarterback over the hump into a Super Bowl and winning it, and you missing time, hey, if I'm going to get on Rashad Penny's ass, dude, you got to get on this guy's ass too. But here's the difference. That's a $15 million number. Zach Hurts' entire Eagles career through 128 possible games, Ertz has been available for 123 of them. Let LJ sit down. Tell LJ to sit down. I like that there, Tone. Yeah. Hey, nobody's ripping. Don't you get it, guys? Part of this is Howie's job to keep this thing. Hey, why do you guys fall in love with these players so much? I thought you loved the Eagles. It's hard not to like guys like Brandon Graham and guys like Hertz. I get it. College is the greatest thing that you, you have to have a college mentality. Hey, I love Miami, whoever's there. We went 5-0 and without Goddard last year. LJ thinks that missing time helps the team and that Goddard's not a liability to the salary cap. He forgets money's part of this too. Big Sills. I got ups today, a t-shirt and beer koozie. No gift certificate, but I still appreciate getting something. Fly Eagles fly. Wheels. Okay. <clears throat> um, All I'll say to you is, okay, wait a minute. Look at Callie Green. He thinks a guy injured as much as Dallas Goddard being hurt is a good thing. And that how he won't address it because he's just a good guy. How much of the tight end route tree do you think Jones will be able to cover? Um, not sure. Eagle fans love their players. Glad you got your Hooters gift. Wentz, by the way, no no one is guaranteed a gift certificate. It's random. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Tone. Guys, does how we address the often injured Dallas Goddard and begin the process of replacing this guy if he can't stay healthy. Yes or no? Keon's cool with the injuries, okay? He's cool with missing time. He doesn't have a problem paying a guy $15 million a year for missing five, six games. Tell that to the owner. Tell that to the owner. What do you think this is, uh, Madden? Tell that to the owner when you're making $15 million. And how he's got to manage a cap and he's got to try to keep guys in the cap range. That's what you get when you're a physical player? I don't see a lot of other guys. Hey, get this. When you're often injured the way Dallas Goddard is, and you're paying him $15 million, and you don't have a lot of help at tight end, 
that becomes a liability when you're not deep at the position and you got one dude there. You got a bunch of spare parts behind him too. Proven we can win despite injuries, unlike the Niners. What'd you win? You'll have to correct me on that one. I forgot what you won. What'd you win? Oh, that's right. The participation medal. Always hurt. He's always glass, but love him. Devin, that become, that's why Howie is as good as he is in what he does because he doesn't fall in love with his guys like Jerry does. He falls in like. By the way, think about something else. Hey, get this. Keon goes like this. Top three tight end. Replace him with who? You didn't know that Dallas Goddard was going to be this good when you... Hey, how'd you feel when Howie moved off of Zach Ertz? Should Howie try to get Gronk off the couch? Things were things toast. A1 despite injuries. I know you're smarter than that. I'm not talking about the record, dog. I'm talking about Dallas Goddard. I'm talking about a player position that you're thin at. Hey, how'd you feel when they moved Ertz? Good or bad? How'd you feel when they moved him? Wasn't he a significant guy in that Super Bowl? Wasn't he a heartstring guy from that 17 team? We all knew Goddard was great. I'm sure that's the same guy who probably thinks he knew that Jalen was going to be great. At the end of the day, it's business. We need a tight end. Wheels, yes. You need an heir apparent. That'll be addressed in the draft. Leo goes bad at first. Yeah, because you went like this. Wow. So if Howie will move Zach Ertz, you don't think he's going to address the tight end position with a guy who's made a paper mache? Howie's not in love with anybody. He'll fire a coach, fire a quarterback, fire a tight end. This guy's got no loyalties except to one thing, winning. And the owner. That's why he was given that extension. He's not given that extension to fall in love with Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz or Carson Wentz or Tug Peterson. It's about winning games and a culture inside your building and falling in love with Dallas Goddard, a guy who was constantly injured and not addressing it, is stupid. How he drafted Goddard, he ain't going to any. Wait a minute. Okay. How he drafted Dallas Goddard. How he drafted Nicobe Dean. How do you think he feels about that deal now? You think he'll keep jamming that guy down your throat? The guy doesn't deserve to be out in coverage. He's not. And again, I want to make sure that I underscore this with him. I don't even know if Dean's good. I can't tell yet. Here's a guy that's never hurt too. Well, let me get this right. So some of you out there, he's never healthy. He can't cover, but how he won't get another linebacker or somebody to cover that mistake because he drafted him. One thing that guy does do, he moves off of mistakes very quickly. Howie's not overrated, dude. He's not overrated. You know, you, you know what makes him one of the best GMs in the league? 
is that even if he does make mistakes, he'll make the same swings on the same position until he gets it right. I want that GM. If you get five corners wrong and land on Darrell Rivas, can he draft corners? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's fixed. Yeah. It's too early for Dean. So you're trying to tell me, Shahid, that it's too early for Dean with his health. When he's never healthy, it's too early. We're not even talking about ability. I'm talking about availability. I mean, he can't even be available to get a true evaluation. That's part of this whole grand picture. Dallas Goddard. How he will move off that guy as fast as he moved off of Zach Ertz. Moved Zach Ertz in season. After a Monday night game. Told him in the tunnel. You think he's loyal to anybody in that building? No way. The owner. The owner. That's it. You know why he's... Do you know why the only person in that building Howie Roseman is loyal to is the owner? Because he gave him a second chance. And he was not going to screw it up. You know how you screw it up? Falling in love with your players, Jerry. You got no tight ends on that team except for Goddard. And when he's out, you have a hole in your offense. How are you going to cover that? Probably more passes to Swift. Hey, by the way, congratulations, Brian. I went back and watched the um, the the game last night. Congratulations to Brian Johnson. I actually saw a jet sweep. Couldn't believe it. A little bit of creativity in there. I saw a couple jet sweeps in there. I was stunned. It was something I hadn't seen all year, and there they were. And I was like, whoa, look at that. Dropping some new stuff in there. Good. That means they're getting comfortable. When you see new plays like that, and you see new formations, that means that OC's getting comfortable. Okay? That's a good move. That's good there. So, I mean, look, look, I said about Goddard. Is he one of the top five guys in the league? Yeah. Is he a great player? Yeah. Does, do I love him? Yeah. Does he have a nose for the end zone? Yeah. Is he available? Kind of. Morrow is a better player than Dean. I'll tell you what, Joseph. Nicholas Morrow has been one of the biggest surprises on that football team, in my opinion. He has been an absolute surprise. Of all the players on that team this year, he's probably the biggest surprise of any player on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. He has, get this, he's not spectacular, but he's stabilizing. And when you can stabilize a position by not spending any dough on it, you've done your job. Okay? All right. Let's bring my friend Tone in here. Don't forget, Angelo Cataldi also at 4.30 and Philly 500 at 5.30. And, hey, Tone, let's start it off with um, with Dallas Goddard there. I'm glad you went there. Um. I think we all are on the same page with this, that Dallas Goddard is a fabulous football player. 
Dallas Goddard is um, everything you love about a tight end. He has it, except that availability issues sometimes become a problem with this when you're talking about, especially a stretch. Look at this. Here's a stretch run here that he's going to be missing in. Mm-hmm. Where you might need someone like this against some better football teams. What's your take on what I said about you think how he addresses that position? I'm not saying replace him, but begin to look for the heir apparent like they did with Zach Kurtz a couple of years ago by getting Goddard. You know, it's so funny. You, I don't think you're wrong that the Philadelphia Eagles need to make sure they're uh, way more secure at that position than they are right now. Um, Jack Stoll, he's not explosive enough. He's a good blocker, but he's not good enough, um, you know, in the, you know, in the receiving game. Um, Grant Calcaterra, he's another guy who can't necessarily stay healthy. He, uh, stay healthy. He's been dealing with a concussion, um, and he has concussion history. So they're very limited at that tight end position. I do like Jack Stoll, but again, he's limited. Um, he doesn't make bad plays. He doesn't hurt you, but he doesn't take you over the top. Um, when it comes to Dallas Goddard and his health, look, man. Two seasons in a row, he's gotten hurt at the exact same point in the season. Week nine, week last year, he got hurt in week 10. This it's like year, running out of gas or something. This year, he got hurt in week nine. Is it coincidence or is he injury prone? Now, I did some math here. Dallas Goddard, he became the starter. He became the starter in 2021, right? Because yeah. that was uh, – yeah, he became the starter. It was, after the, it was after the night, Monday night game they sent uh, Ertz to uh, Arizona. Exactly. He was probably before that too, Tom, because remember they really weren't playing him because they were trying to move Zach Ertz. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let me just put it like this, right? Through his very, you know, through his one, two, three, through his six-year career, right? So far. Through 99 possible games, he's only been, been available for 78 of them. Wow. That's missing a a ton of lost games games. in 2020. He only was available for eight games. He played in 11 games. Remember, remember in 2021, they went from a 16 game season to a 17 game season. So in 2020, in the 16 game season, he only played He only was available for 11 games in 2020. In 2021, he was available. He was available for 15 of them. He missed two games there. Um, Remember, he, uh, he came back for that Jets game, but in 2021, he only played 15 games, which is okay. 15 games, all right. That's that's most of the games. In 2022, he played 12 games. He missed five of the games. In 2023, there's a chance he may miss four or five games. There's a chance because they're they're seeing this injury. Hopefully, at best, is a four to six week injury. But that's that's what they're hoping for. So, so theoretically, he, in his career, he's missed 25 percent of his games. Listen, theoretically, in his career. He's missed just over a season of football. Twenty-one games. So, so if you so if you want to go by the sixteen-game metric, okay, sixteen plus plus five, okay. But if you want to go by the seventeen-game metric, he's missed a season and 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 in four games. So it's like he's missed over a season of football, a grand total in his career. That's the reality. He needs help. That's the reality. They need help there. Not, not, not fan, and I'm a fan. Still, you know how I, you know how I get. Yeah, down. no, I get it. I get I'm it. I'm a fan. By I the way, so am I. I. He's one of my favorite Eagles. But the reality is, you got hurt at the same point in the season, and it, to make it even crazier, it they both were divisional matchups where you got hurt in. So 
Look, man, that has that part has nothing to do with anything, but it's just coincidence. But the reality is, man, they need more help with that at that position, especially if they can't get a full season out of Dallas Goddard. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, let's check the contract now. You know, at the end of the day, this is the sports industry. And don't think the sport comes before the industry, okay? So let's really talk about it the way we really should talk about it. All right, Dallas got his contract. All right, here we go. So he signed a four-year, he signed a four-year $57 million contract with $35 million, uh, full, uh, $35 million in total guarantees, right? He signed that deal and it took effect. Uh, he, he signed that deal that took effect in 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So here we is are. in season. They addressed it. Okay. I'm sorry. The, the contract took effect in 2022. So the contract took effect last year. He only gave you 12 games last year. This season, he might only give you 12 games again, maybe 11. You never know. Again, we don't know how long he's going to be going. Uh, so right now, man, if they decided to move on from him after the 22, if they decided to move on from him after this season, they would have to occur a $22.3 million cap hit. Uh, I'm not have, saying they're going to move on from him, Tone. I'm saying they need help there. Yeah, yeah, they do need help. You know what? Because I like Dallas Goddard. Man, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want him off yeah. the team. Right. But I need him in November, December, February to be one hundred percent. And if we're looking at the position, and you want to keep paying that guy, and I, I think you look at the same scenario in San Francisco. Look what they did in San Fran. They got a backup tight end there because they know Kittle has a little bit of the injury bug as well. So mm -hmm. what they did was they got him more help. And on top of that, guess what? His numbers are down, but the talent's not down. You're going to live with that. Right. Yeah. And again, this isn't a conversation about Dallas Goddard's talent, right? You and I, no, both nothing. And I, you know, and I hope, and I hope listeners understand this as well. This isn't about his talent. He's a very productive player and he's one of the most explosive tight ends in the NFL. Any team would be lucky to have him and, and we're lucky to have him as well, but we're into, we we're entering a very crucial stretch in the season and he gets hurt right before it gets going. That's not what I need. That's not what none of us need. And we need to take off our fanboy hats and say, this is not a good look. Two years in a row, you got hurt at the same point at the same time of last season. So they need more help down there. They need more depth. Like you said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Harry Roseman tries to get a, another tight end in the draft or even, uh, you know, try to really just take a lot of swings um, and undrafted free agency, you know, once the draft ends. So, um, you know, it, we're going to see how this thing pans out, man. But this is you another reason. injury prone? You miss a full season of football. You miss 21 games out of a total of 99. Man. I'm not. Both of no, those injuries. Wait, no, Tone, you don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it because both of the injuries were freak injuries. The first time last year, he got face masked. So you think it's coincidence? I'm going to lean more towards coincidence right now. That's so why I am right 21 now. 21 games, missing 21 games is a coincidence. Listen, sales man. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to play the fence here, man. It's hard. I'm trying to play the fence here. Okay. Your Honor, let him answer the question. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to play the fence here, man. I, I, I'm still a Dallas Goddard guy, but dog, getting the first time again. You know, you miss you missing that those games last year. He got face masks, and then they crushed his shoulder. That was crazy. They should have called a penalty right there. But then the injury still happens. This year, the guy, the, the, the play is so nasty. The guy grabs his arm and literally twists under it and falls on his uh, falls on his arm. So it, it was pretty ugly to watch. Um, I'm not going. I'm not going to jump out the window. Say he's injury prone yet. 
But if this happens again next season, I'm, I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> just not, just not yeah. there yet. Just yeah. not there yet. <laughs> hey. I, hey, you can always – Tone is the worst liar on the planet. Oh, you man. know why? He's like me. He can't. It's impossible for I, you to – It's know? impossible for you to lie. Because you know really? why? I, I Me, I start twitching. Like, my eyes start – I'm just not a good – I'm, I'm I, I not a good liar at all. It's hard to not say that liar. about a guy we like. Okay? It, it, both injuries the last two years, in my opinion, were dirty plays. Yeah, okay, well, you know, 21 games, dude. 21 games is not the last two years. That's that's a statement of his time in the league. Yeah, in 2020, in 2020, he missed five games. So, I mean, that's Do you remember why? Uh, I don't remember why, actually. That's a good point. That's a good question. I think I think it has something to do with an ankle or a foot, something. I can't remember. So um, has he been hurt every year he's played in the NFL? If you want to be technical, technically. If you want to be technical, he's only been healthy for – he's only played one full season in his career. In six years. And that was his rookie year. So other than, other than you that – you think he's injury prone or not? <laughs> hey, next question, Your Honor. Next witness. Next witness. <laughs> next witness, man. Listen, you do have, how about this? What would be the that, round? What would be the round in April's draft? That you would address that. Look, you're not getting the kid Bowers no, as much. No, no, no. He's going to be a top three pick. Yeah, and Bowers is coming off. Bowers is going to be coming off a really bad injury. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, but but overall though, see, I'm of the mindset you can find a good tight end on day three. Absolutely. I'm of I'm of, I'm of that mind. I will never draft a tight end in the first round. It's, I mean, I, I he would have to be a godsend. But even then, I'm not doing it because I can find a serviceable tight end. Zach Ertz was found on what day two of the draft? See, I'm you know like I'm two, three, four, somewhere in there for tight ends. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and also another thing, right? The tight end, the tight end position is such a physical position. In a 17 game season, if I can, if I can get a strong 15 games out of my tight end each and every year, I can live with everything else. I'll be honest with you. At tight end, you're asked to catch balls. You're asked to block these big ass edge rushers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're asked to run block. If you're a tight end giving me a strong 15 games out of a 17-game season or back in the day, a strong 15 games out of a 16-game season, I'll roll with it. I'll roll. But when you're missing five games here, five games there, ah, oh, now because in 2020, he missed five games. In 2022, he missed five games. And this year, he might miss five games. So what are we talking about now? Counselor, please move on to the next question. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. New witness, new question. <laughs> All right. Does it bother you on how the Eagles are winning games in 2023 compared to how they dominated in 2022? Are you no. okay with how they're doing it? Um, I am okay with it. Um, it's not bothering me. It's more nerve-wracking because um, it makes the games more exciting than I would like them to be. I mean, every let's be honest. Every fan wants to watch the games and just sit back and just enjoy it, right? But the reality is it's not how many games works. have you enjoyed this year? One? <laughs> if you ask my wife, none. Honestly, even the Buck game. Shit. If, listen, if you ask my wife, I haven't. If you ask my wife, I, I haven't enjoyed an Eagles game in a long time because I'm too. 
Sills, you're I'm a mess. Too, I'm too, <laughs> I'm too emotional. I'm too invested in my core. I like that so, though, man. You, you know, so um, but 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 to your point though, man, um, I I don't mind how they've been winning games because it's showing me a level of maturity, right? Um, last year, let's be totally honest, how many times were they forced to really come back and really dig deep to win games? Like, re- like really, like let's really think about this. Like maybe one or two. Maybe, right? If you're if if, if we're really being like transparent about this. You know, let's let's really think about it. Would they come back uh, in that Titans game? Was it with the Cardinal game? No, no, the Titans game. They smacked the Titans. Was it was it the Cardinal game that came back? Um, the Cardinals game was tough. But Washington, watch. No, they, no, no, no. They, That's right. They split last year. Yeah, they split. And every okay. Let, let, let's. Be, uh, I'll be frank about this, man. Week one, Detroit, 38-35. You were leading that entire game. You just had yeah. to hold on. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, you controlled that game beginning to end. Washington, week three, you controlled that game from beginning to end. Jacksonville, that was the game they were down 14-0. So that was a game, and it was raining. So that was a, you know, that was a game that proved Was there turnovers at the beginning of that thing? Is that what that happened with? Jalen Hurst threw an interception that that bounced off off his receiver's hands, and then it tipped into the uh, Jaguars' hands. Um, So Jacksonville, that was a a good win because Jacksonville is legit now. So, oh, yeah. so, so, so they were ahead of schedule last year, and and they've shown that they're right on time right now. So that was a good win in hindsight. Um, and they were down fourteen to zero in the first quarter. Um, Arizona, that was a tough game, but they led for the most part in that game. Dallas, um, they controlled that game from beginning to end, and and it was a backup quarterback. Uh, Pittsburgh blew them out thirty five thirteen. Houston, they controlled that game for the most part, even though Houston played them tough. Um, Washington, they lost 32 to 21. They, they they turned the ball over a lot. Colts, that was a tough game that they had to come back in. Colts, um, right? That was that was a tough game. So so far, Jacksonville and Colts, AFC South, man, they play tough. <laughs> um, it's so funny. And now I think about it, their toughest games really were the AFC South, except for the Titans. Um, but Colts, tough game. Um, Green Bay, that was a yeah. interesting game, but then they kind of it was interesting it. in the beginning of the fourth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tennessee, they blew them out. New York Giants blew them out. Chicago, they that was a tough game. Hurts got hurts got hurt yep, in that game. Hurts got banged up in that game. Third quarter was it? Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he came back through. You know, he started doing his thing. Um, Dallas, Hurts wasn't there, and New Orleans, Hurts wasn't there. They lost both. They lost both of those games. Dallas was a nip and tuck back and forth game though. New Orleans, um, they just that was just a fart game. Um, New York Giants ended the game. I mean, I mean, ended the season. They control it for the most part. So they only have about two games on that schedule where they really had to come back. And this year, they had had three in a row just now. You were behind a half. Yeah, they've had like three in a row where they were behind in a half. So when you think about it from that perspective, I think this this Eagles team is more battle-tested now. And also, remember how we talked about it like this. Last year, they they would score a lot early. And then they would kind of try to coast to the end. They couldn't and, finish teams off. Last and they really couldn't finish teams off. They kind yeah. of would lose. They, they, they lost interest. For, that's right. how I take it. They lose interest. This year, they've had to have their bunny ears up every single game. They've had they've had to have their antennas on. But tone that gives you less game. room for error at the back end of these games where it you does. can't have situational mistakes. Like you pointed out with that going to Tolbert, a play like that, even making a completion, to the wrong guy, getting tackled before you itch, go over the goal itch, line, right before, yeah, anything like that. Yeah, the Dak Prescott run. Room of error. No, you're no, you're absolutely right. 
you know, uh, but again, you know, I'm still rocking with the way they're doing things uh, this year because I see a team that everything that they're experiencing and also the eight and one through this process. That's yeah, absolutely. Too. So absolutely. through them going through all these trials and tribulations, trying to figure out the new OC, trying to figure out the new DC, you know, what's so funny in 2021, new coach, new OC, new DC, they struggled, but they ended up going nine and eight and they were two and five at one point. Right. This year, new OC, new DC, they, they're eight and one. So the, the chemistry and their experience has allowed them to weather the storm of the newness of that coaching staff. And I think based off of everything they've experienced over the past few, over the past few years, having to deal with the ups and downs, being down at the half, especially this year, having a show, having that ability to come back and dominate third quarters and fourth quarters and win games. I feel like that translates to the playoffs rather than but rather than the way the Cowboys win games, they got to blow you out. If the Cowboys don't blow you out, they're not winning the game. So I feel like the way the Eagles play translates into the playoffs rather than blowing teams out every single week. How about Parsons' comments this morning where he's like – What did he say? He's, he says that we're even more confident today having played Philly than we ever have been before. And – I was I was kind of taken by it. So you weren't confident before? He's more confident now after losing the way that they played. And he he's accepting to me. I read it like he's accepting the participation medal. Like he was in the Rocky fight that he just wanted to go to distance with Apollo Creed. And he wants to get a championship belt for that. Shit, Rocky at least made it very clear that's all he wanted to do. Let's go to distance. Right. So he won his own kind of battle internally. This guy here is trying to take a Rocky lap and make it sound like he beat Apollo, but he didn't. And I'm going, I cannot believe that you take a victory lap on getting beat. You did the same shit against the Niners. I tell you, Tone, that's part of the issues in that locker room is that those guys, there's election deniers, and then there's defeat deniers in sports. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are the biggest defeat deniers I've ever seen. I can't believe you lean on that. You know, you know, Rocky may have lost, and Rocky may have been completely comfortable with the way things ended. But he had his own battle. But, but he had his he had his own battle. And look, Rock, Rocky was completely comfortable fighting Spider Ricos. He was completely. completely and, and at least at least he made that known to everybody. Right. You know what I'm, you know what I'm he saying? Told you. But when you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're a team that's that has or supposed to have Super Bowl aspirations, you can't talk like that. I'm sorry. You can't talk like that around me. We lost the game. You know, I was watching Undisputed yesterday. And thank God for Keyshawn Johnson. I know. Because Skip Bayless and Michael Even Michael Irvin. And I got a lot of respect for Michael Irvin. A lot of respect, man. Playmaker, for sure. But the level of pandering and delusion that they displayed on that show in that moment. Keyshawn Johnson was like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You talking about yards and stats and this and that and who looked better? The bottom line is you lost. You lost. What are we talking about here? You lost. Like, since when are we relishing in stats? We're in the win-loss business. You lost. And I'm watching, and again, I'm watching national media and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, Y'all can't be serious right now. Can't you would have th- you would have thought the Philadelphia Eagles lost. You would have thought the Philadelphia Eagles got dominated somehow, dude. That shows like the Dallas Cowboy pregame show. I'm, like they're talking about, yeah, Dak proved that he can show up in these moments. He he actually did it. 
They lost. The ball was in his hands to win the game at the six-yard line. Did they you lost. see what Ryan Clark said? Ryan Clark goes like this. Now I know Dak can show up in championship moments. And I How? went, where they was lost. that? Look, he, he listen, I'm not going to – listen, Dak played a great game individually. He did. He did. He but didn't that's turn the ball not enough. over. That's like giving hey, – Tone, that's like you and me going like this. Look. Jalen had more yards than Mahomes in the Super Bowl. However, he lost. The guy who made the critical plays at the critical moments was Mahomes, and that's what Jalen, in my opinion, completely outplayed Dak in that game. And you know what's funny? People call me crazy. I, I didn't think it was close. Like, and, and, and let's be frank about this, right? Dak had to throw that ball. Dak had to do that because they were down double digits in the fourth quarter. Like let's like he had to pad, he had to pad those stats to get back into the game. You dig what I'm saying? So like yeah, I, I, I didn't see I didn't see that like that close like that. I, I I thought I thought Prescott played very good, but yeah, I thought Jalen made I thought Jalen made championship throws in championship moments. Like for example, the fourth and three to Dallas Goddard. That's a that's a that's a key throw. Fourth and three on the first on, on your first offensive drive. You're trying to set the tone. They went for it on fourth down twice on their opening drive. They let you know early. This is the kind of game we're playing. Jalen Hurts made a big throw, fourth and three. Made a big. They're they're down three points in the third quarter. Jalen Hurts just tweaked that knee. He comes out and he comes out of halftime. First drive throws a dime to Devontae Smith. That's a championship level throw. You dig what I'm saying? Brings him down. Brings him down the field again. Throws throws a, a screen pass or um a, a, a ball to the flat to AJ Brown. AJ Brown gets into the end zone. 14 points that fast. Boom, boom. Dallas Cowboys offense non-existent in the third quarter. Now you're playing catch up. Y'all want credit for y'all want credit for catching up? I don't get it. Right. I don't get what Ryan Clark and Skip and some of the other pundits around the I don't get what you're looking at. And is it really just that much for TV ratings that you're going? That's what they're doing it for? Because then it's not genuine breaking down of what you saw. And this is why Hertz is the biggest underdog in the NFL tone. He's a $50 million underdog because the media makes him that way. Mm -hmm. They don't cover Jalen Hurts correctly. Absolutely not. They do not give him his just get this. He's right now going to throw for 4,500 yards, potentially 44 something probably right around potentially 30 touchdowns and 15 picks. That's a Josh Allen year. Mm -hmm. You know what's so funny? It gets so bad sometimes. You know, you can always tell. You know what? I'll keep it real. It's not every show no. that does it. But I'll listen, th this is how sneaky they are. This this, so I'm about to, this, may, this may sound nitpicking to you. This is how sneaky they are, right? Jalen Hurts in that game, he threw four. And let me make sure I got my stats right because Jalen Hurts is that dude. And I want to make sure I got my stats right for that particular game. So in that game, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts uh, went 17 for 23, completed 74% of his passes, 200, 207 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, had 36 rushing yards and a rushing TD. You know what they do on TV? They'll say, oh, Jalen Hurts threw for 207. Uh, two, uh, he threw for uh, – he went – they'll only put half of the stats. They'll say 17 for 23. 207 passing yards, two touchdowns, and they'll put Dak stats next to it and say, oh, okay, 
uh, three over 300 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Oh, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Jalen Hurts had three touchdowns too. But he had three touchdowns too. They did. They don't account for his total yards and his total TDs. They don't account for his total yards. They don't account for his total TDs. So it's a narrative that they're pushing, and it's not every show. I see. I see shows that that make sure they put Jalen Hurts. You know, passing yards, rushing yards, total touchdowns, right? But I see other shows. They're very particular because listen. After you know working working at Jacob and being responsible for typing little stuff out and all this kind of stuff, the, the things we type, you realize it matters, and you oh, realize yeah. how and you realize how easy it is for us to push a certain narrative and how oh, easy completely. it is for you know to you know to, you know to shift the narrative, right? Well, don't you realize, Tom? When I worked at TV, what they'll do is they'll come out with the trends on what the hot topics are and what they'll do, and they'll supersede what the game actually was and how the game was actually played to create a narrative because they want to give people what they want to hear in their eyes and Fox, their eyes are, they want to hear why the Cowboys lost, not why the Eagles won. Because mm -hmm. what that'll do is this, it infuriates Eagle fans and accentuates Cowboy fans for engagement. And that's how you put a script together for putting shows together. It's really not a, you see, if you're looking for fair cup, I, I don't want to, I mean, how about this factual coverage? That's why I say you go to the bookies. The bookies cover it because they put the money on it. If you're going to TV shows and you're looking for somebody to cover a game the way it was played, you're going to scratch your head and go like this when you're watching shows like Undisputed. If you watch Undisputed and you watch First Take, they're two completely separate shows on how they covered the, Cow the Cowboys and Eagle game. At least Stephen A. Smith goes like this. This is what happened in that game. Hertz right. was great. The other guy, because what they're doing is they're ping-ponging that narrative for television ratings. Yeah. So you're not really getting the coverage, which means this is why Hertz will never get his justice. There's only there's only about one show that gives Jalen Hurts consistent respect. And, and the key word is consistent. There's only one show on Fox Sports One, FS1, that gives Jalen Hurts consistent respect. And that's Speak with Joy Taylor, yeah. Emmanuel Acho, uh, LaShawn McCoy, and James Jones, former wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. And obviously LaShawn McCoy is there. So he's going to make sure of that. Yeah, but, but also, wait a minute, Tone. Don't you think I'm texting Joy all the time, going like this? Why are you not talking about Hertz? She's like, they, they, they show him a lot. They show him a lot of love on that show. They show him a lot, and they actually show total yards, total touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? I and correct it, her, and, and it also helps that Emmanuel Acho played for the Eagles for about four seasons. Yep. Uh, Lashawn McCoy obviously is an Eagles legend, and Joy worked for me um, for three. I, I, and, I'm, I'm very clear with her. I'm like this. I don't know why you guys are talking the segment of Dak. You need to be. And so I guess in those meetings, like you said, Shady and all them guys are going like this. Hang in there. Hang in there now. What about the guy in Philly? What about the – so it's the only show that truly does um, give Jalen Hurts his love. It really is. And I'm, I'm, I am I'm watch Joy because she always asks yeah. me. She watches past, this show. For the past she's two seasons, on this she's show given a lot of love. I, I, got a lot, I got a lot of respect for her for the past yeah, two seasons. She's been giving a lot of, lot of respect. Too, all the time. You better start throwing some love. To Jalen Hurts, I got a question for you here. Yep. What's your takeaway on the Wentz era now that he assigned with the Rams? And give me your, give me, you know what? Because if you heard, if you talk to certain Eagle fans, this guy is in the conversation with Ben Simmons and <laughs> James Harden, <laughs> and with the hatred and the shade they throw at this guy. What's your takeaway on Wentz? It's pretty simple for me, man. Car when when we drafted Carson Wentz, I didn't really know too much about him. 
Um, I, I I knew they took a risk drafting him where, you know, where they drafted him, especially where he came out of. And I was like, okay, he went, came out of white boy. You, (laughs) (laughs) he went went seven and nine in his rookie season. You know, it was completing 62% of his passes, six pat 16 passing touchdowns and he threw 14 interceptions. So he had a very mediocre rookie season, right? He comes back out in 2017, and he just sets the world ablaze. And I'm like, oh, my God, this dude is in, this, this this dude is like. I thought he was Brett Favre. Like the, like, the way he like was balling, Brett right? Favre kind of crazy player, throwing his right. body around, that kind of guy. Right. So I'm like, yo, this kid is legit. So I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling. And, I, and I'll be, I'll be, and listen, I'm going to always keep it real with yourselves. I didn't stop rolling. It took me until 2020 to stop rolling for once. As a matter of fact, you want to know the game I stopped rolling for him? Seattle. 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 Me too. Because the rumor is he could have came back out there and played. Yeah. That's the rumor. No, no. Seattle. Me I, too. I heard some shit. Seattle. You know, that was the game. I remember exactly where I was, who I was with, me and my dad sitting there watching the game, and we're like, okay, we snuck into the playoffs. He went on this amazing final four or five game stretch, you know, you know, smoked the rest of the NFC East, got in, and I'm like, okay, we're in now. Seattle, they're beatable. They're, they, they weren't that great that year. They're beatable. Even Eagle fans were defending him after the clowny hit. We were defending him after the clowny hit still, but then once I'm once it really settled in, I'm like, Yo, this dude, he can't, he can't make it. He can't, it was like clockwork. So it took me until 2020 to really say, I'm not riding with this dude ever. Cause even I even came into 2020, 2020 optimistic. And I'm like, when I saw, when I saw the way they blew that Washington lead in the open week, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. I'm completely over this guy. So I was riding for, and I mean, I got into arguments. Like real arguments with people about Wentz. I got I got into arguments with my dad, and my dad was a Foles guy. He won that Super Bowl. Listen, Foles could have came in my crib and and, and, and had a mattress in, a, in his own fridge the way he's like. Sorry, my, Tom, but I'm on your dad's side. I think they should. Listen, kept, I think they should Foles, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm with him now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, overall, man, I look at Carson Wentz as you know his time in Philadelphia was well worth it. Yes. Well worth it. Everything Good. that we experience is fan based the ups, the downs, the emotional toll. Everything that we experienced with Carson Wentz got us that Super Bowl. People can pretend and talk all the crap they want, but one thing they should always understand, we don't have that Super Bowl without Carson Wentz doing what he did. 11 and 2? We, we, we have to be honest about this. It's okay to hate how it ended. Yeah. It's okay to hate the personality. Yeah, it's, it's okay to nitpick who he. It's okay, Absolutely. but one thing we should never ever because we never like, and this and this, and this is what I mean by they never should have gave us one because some of us, some of us are just talking out the side of our mobs now, and we gotta respect the game. We gotta respect what, what, what he laid out on the line. I watched that dude still lead a drive after tearing his ACL and his LCL. He threw a touchdown dime to Alshon Jeffrey and didn't move an inch. He then snapped the ball. off the field. He snapped the ball. All he all he did was pivot hips. That's all he did. Pivot hips and just snapped it in there. You know how typically in the pocket you got you want to find your passing lane. I don't know how he did it. Didn't they carry him off the field? No, no, he walked off. He walked. He, so he walked off he walked the off. field after throwing that. 
and he threw the touchdown, walked off the field, and Nick Foles closed out the game. And you guys were eleven and two at that time. We yep he went uh, we went eleven and two yep eleven and two at the time. Well, there's not a chance in hell you don't have home field without that. That win he had that win guaranteed home field because but but also you got to keep this in mind as well. How many teams lock up home field that early? That's only thirteen games. Three games left. Oh no, you, that's a dominant season. He was killing it. So when you think about from that perspective, man, I got a lot of respect for Carson Wentz. Did I hate how it ended? Hell yeah. Did I hate the rumors I heard about his personality? Hell yeah. I didn't like. I didn't like none of that. No, you you did what you did. tone because what is happening now is that Jalen is accentuating the ending for him so much more because Jalen is the strong minded guy. He's not going to unravel when there's lesser talent around him or mm-hmm. lesser coaching or people not believing. And all of a sudden the Foles thing becomes an issue. See what he didn't understand. And I, in my opinion, and that's no excuse. You get paid that $38 million. You're paid the $38 million because they're confident in you. Not because mm-hmm. they're not confident in you and exactly. get into the, the drafting of Hertz, the money he should have overcame that, but he couldn't overcome that because there was internal bickering between the coach, the GM, Talent was leaving in the coaching staff. People were actually leaving in the front office too. Joe Douglas, um, Andrew Barry, all those guys were getting sniffs of other teams trying to sign them as being general managers. They th- People were cherry picking. And I got to tell you, man, he couldn't overcome all that. And The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It became his demise, and then the locker room became divided. Again, no excuses. He just didn't have the mental fortitude to fight mm. through that. Uh, yeah, it, you know it's really that simple, man. Um, so I'm, I, I, I wish Wentz all, all, you know, all the. All I think the he's going to do well you know, out there. Uh, he has a chance to for sure. He has a, he has a good coach. Um, he's he he has he has weapons to throw the ball to. So um, we'll you know we'll see if he can take advantage of the opportunity. I mean, he had weapons. Um, you know, and uh, not the last year he did it in Washington as well with Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel had a solid tight end, um, a solid running back, um, no offensive line though. So, um, 
look, man, again. Yeah, well, Sam Howell's making that work, so that's no excuse. That's a, yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> Sam um, Howell, hey, Sam Howell's throwing for 300 yards back to back weeks. Right. I mean, he's making it work. And I'll tell you, he's the answer in Washington, in my opinion. I'm, yeah. I'm go with him. Yeah, I'm starting to I'm, I'm starting to look at him like, okay, all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, hey, and also, you know, the are, Indy, you more the, concerned the about, too. are you more concerned about the health of Hertz or Swift in the back end run here in the next eight games? I mean, Jalen Hurts by far because you said Hurts and Swift, right? Hurts or yeah, Swift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurts. I mean, he's the quarterback. You know, I I, I have to be more. Well, you lose Swift, you have no one then. Yeah, I mean that that's true, but I mean they haven't ran the ball well anyway, so <laughs> so it's like okay. But um, you know, uh, if you lose Hurts though, I mean, who, who, Mar- Marcus Mariota, you know, so you know, the, I I I I got I got to deal with the greater of two evils there with that one and. Losing Jalen Hurts is the greater of, of, of those two evils. So I'm definitely more concerned about his health. That's why this bye week, you know, that 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 Dallas game was kind of like a tipping point, you know, for his health, right? Because they got out of they they got out of they dodged the bullet. You know what I'm saying? He came out and still finished the game and, st- and still delivered the ball. That third quarter was um that th- that third quarter showed me that he just tweaked it. It wasn't no structural, he just tweaked it and he he still came out and did his thing. And he still they, they came out in that. If you remember in that first drive in the third quarter, uh, they came out. And what and the first play they did was an RPO and he ran like 10, 15 yards or something like that. So um they made they kind of made it a point to say, yeah, listen, he's good. All right. Hey, you know what um, though? I think he dodge. I'd rather have a broken arm than structural damage. In my yeah, head. yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd rather well, break they got they got they got a break there with that with that forearm uh fracture more so because yeah. you can put a pin in that. And you're going to be ready to rock in about a month. Exactly. So, um, they got lucky, man, because if it could have been a knee injury or a shoulder separation, then you're talking about the rest of the season. Exactly. So, okay, I'm, so I'm, they I'm, got I'm a little bit that. of luck there. Okay. What is the one thing – you, you know, and I said this earlier. You know, you know, Tone, I think that that team has to be mentally fried right now. I mean, think about the way that they've had their head down since the beginning of the 2022 season. I mean, they haven't played nine games, Tone. They've played like 27 games. Right. I mean, they've played almost like 30 ball games of intense football and being in every one of them and never having letdowns like you see with the Cowboys or the Eagles. Not only are they physically, I mean, they played until February. They've only had like five months of off, of true off, they gave him the week off. I think it's wonderful. It's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, right. That team's got to be mentally fried Absolutely. right now just for what they've done and how hard they've played for oh, two and a half years of football. Yeah, because they've they've had to fight for these wins over the like, I mean, they're eight and one, but they've had to fight for every last one of them. So oh, this year's definitely tougher than a year ago. So it's kept them engaged. You know what I mean? And on top of that, I feel like this year, not only have they gone against better just teams and personnel. They've gone up against better coaching. You know what I mean? They've gone up against team they, like the better NFL, defensive coaches for sure. Yeah, the NFL has had a full year to prepare for this Philadelphia Eagles team. And they're still weathering that storm. You know, it's a lot to be said about that, man. And think about this, Tone. Dan Quinn, Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, Todd Bowles, right, uh, Robert uh, Salem, Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris. These are the top dudes in the profession. Vic Fangio. Vic, these are the top dudes in the – and they've played against more 
quality defensive coordinators, maybe than any team in the NFL this year on a week to week basis. Shit, Jack Del Rio. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. And they I mean, look at those guys they've played. Yeah, and they've gone up against some, you know, some pretty, some pretty stellar offensive minds as well. And Sean McVay, um, Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. Um, who else do they have uh there they that they had to go up against? Brian um, Bill O'Brien in week one. You know what I mean? Uh the reality is they've had to fight for all all these wins. McVay. Yep. And on top of that, Dewan uh, Jones brought up a good point. The Eagles are getting everyone's best right now. Yeah, because that, like I said before, you know, it's one thing to climb the mountain. It's another thing to stay on the mountain when you got everyone summit circling the summit. Yeah, it's hard to it's, it's hard to play because you're a hell, visible man. target when you're on top. Mm-hmm. See, last year, even though they even though they won on those games, people still doubted them and nobody saw them coming. No, you know what I mean. So they really no didn't one... see them coming until the back end of that second half of the season when they went, "Wow, this team's exactly. really, 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 really good." Really good. Exactly. Exactly. All right, my friend. Um, we got Angelo Cataldi coming up here. And it's I want to be exciting, man. I'm excited, man. I, I love the guy, man. The greatest sports talk host in the history of Philadelphia sports. Absolutely. Um one thing before you go though, what's the one thing you like for them to work on in this off in this off time here as Ooh, they get ready for the back end of the season here? That's a good question, man. The one thing that stands out. To- I know the obvious answer may seem may be may appear to be pass defense, but I don't think that's going to change but so much. I want to focus on something that I know can really improve, like tangibly improve. I want them to work on their running game. I want them, I want them to, I want that offensive line to really get some rest, get some tender loving care, really, you know, really, you know, really get back to the basics and, and get that chemistry back on back on track. What those jet sweeps we saw. Yeah, man. That one real quick. One of the best, arguably the best play of the night from a creativity standpoint was that AJ Brown touchdown. Yeah. The, I, like, because I, I, it seemed. I was had, really happy to see it. That means it's evolving. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and also another thing, really quickly, really quickly, I, I know we're short on time here. Um, they've, they, they've, they've, over the past couple of weeks, they've been doing very well. Um, and, you know, in, in the, uh, in, in the red zone right now. Um, their red zone efficiency has jumped up to, let me make sure I got this right. Um, the red zone efficiency is currently where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Jeez, where is it? First down, third down, third down, fourth down. Uh, the bottom line is the red zone efficiency has really has really jumped to another level, and they were a hundred percent. They were a hundred percent in the red zone. Okay, here it is, red zone percentage. All right, as of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles remind you earlier in the season. They were like ranked in the bottom 20s of in red zone efficiency. Now they're ranked 13th. Great. And they're and they're converting red zone uh, and their red zone efficiency is at 55% on the season. Good. So they're trending in the right direction. The creativity is getting there in the red zone. I think Brian Johnson is starting to settle in. And we talked about this yesterday, right? The fact that the matter is going even having those boneheaded moments in that in that Cowboys game and even the other games as well. Those things are just being logged, stored into the catalog. Things not to do, what not to do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think they're trending in the right direction, so I think so. Absolutely. You always have all the time in the world here, Tone. Thank you so much, dude. <laughs> I wish. Always a great segment. Always a great segment. <laughs> yes, with you. sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tone. That's our friend Tone segment every single Monday through Friday. 3.30 Eastern time. We appreciate it. We're going to have Angelo Cataldi at the bottom of the hour here. 
Philadelphia's greatest sports talk host of all time will join us. That'll be at the bottom. Happy Wings Giving from Hooters and all the people at Hooters. We really appreciate our friends there sponsoring the program. Guys, during this month of November, they're going to give you specials each and every single day to give you and thank you for all you have done for Hooters, man. I mean, ice cold Coors Light drafts, $2.99, 25 cents goes to local charities. The Hooters calendars are out 2024. There's $100 in gift cards and gift coupons inside the calendars too. NortheastHooters.com, lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3, boneless wings, happy hour Monday through Friday, six items, six bucks. Military Mondays, 20%. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. When you go into any one of the Hooters, NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com and tell them Big Sill sent you. And Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Big 
Dale's National Football Show. Angelo Capaldi will be with us in a couple minutes here. Can't wait to get his thoughts. Um, you know, we talked about Dallas Goddard. Before I get into my top 10 NFL teams, do you think that um, Howie will address a linebacker position in the upcoming draft too? Because of Dean and ability to stay healthy? Would, would you look at some linebackers in next year's draft? I would. Like, what would be the areas that you would concern yourself with next year? By the way, Philly 500 will join us at 5.30 Eastern as well. Um, What would be the areas that you will be looking at for next year's April draft, now that we're in the bye week here? I think I wrote this down, too. I wrote this down the area. Here, this is where I'm going. Corner, edge, tight end, O-line, and linebacker. Maybe a running back, ladder rounds. Um, maybe a safety in there somewhere. You need cornerbacks. Your number one priority is corner. You don't have press corners. And it's evident. I would think a replacement for Brandon Graham. By the way, outstanding ball game. I said it yesterday for Brandon Graham. Outstanding. Great game. All of that. Wonderful game. Okay? Fantastic. But your corners are slow, like Yale says, old. Um, as a unit, they're not good enough right now. You need to upgrade. But, uh, James Bradbury, by the way, that contract you gave him, do you move off it? Do you try to buy him out? Do you keep him? Or do you wait and see how this whole year plays out with both those guys? I am clearly out of slay. I have no interest in resigning that guy. I told you, remember this, when all you guys, and including Darius Slay, got on me? I said, this is Slay's last year in Philadelphia. None of you believe me. Some of you got mad at me. Okay? He took a $3.5 million haircut, and I said, this is his last year. That's why Drew Rosenhaus went for the bag of money up front. This was a one-year deal. They knew that. He is not going to be on the Eagles next year. I don't care what kind of haircut he wants to take. This is more about an ability thing now. Okay? All of you are like fighting. Oh, These guys are all pro. I'm like, he ain't an all pro corner. What I'm, I'll tell you what. I'm not, so, I'm not so surprised about Slay. I am pretty surprised about the complete meltdown that's going on at CB2. I'm, I'm pretty shocked. You know what? I would say this to you. Of all the moves Howie's made, that's probably the one move right now where it's floored him a little bit. Wow. Of all the guys that he has hit and given money to, he's the one guy this year that has absolutely not lived up to his contract extension. All the other guys have. I mean, you could make the argument Goddard being hurt. Um, 
the restructuring of Lane and Malata, those guys have played well. You know, everybody except Bradbury. Bradbury has been the biggest disappointment. Would you not agree that James Bradbury has been the biggest disappointment on the football team this year? He's been the biggest disappointment. Okay? And, and, and hey, you know what's crazy? He's playing so bad in your 8-1. and one. Wow. Are you good in other places? Are you good in other places? Okay. I mean, Darius Slay, only way he's going to see Steve a Pro Bowl team is if he pays his way to the ticket to see that game or those guys doing that skill games. Those days are in his rearview mirror. James Bradbury's been terrible, and they gave him all that money and paid him. What'd they give him? They give him $17 million, per year, give him a pretty big signing bonus, moved off of Gardner Johnson for him, actually. Right? He said, well, you know, I'd rather have Bradbury. And actually, probably they kept the slate contract probably affected, too, whether Gardner Johnson was coming back. Yeah, because when they saw all that, Gardner Johnson was out the door because he wanted $7 million. And he had a land on six in Detroit. Gave him $15 million. Mm. All right. Top 10 NFL teams. I got my top 10 quarterbacks. We'll do that after Angelo. It's funny how the week changes and how Every week is its own chapter in a 2023 NFL season on who the best teams in the NFL are and how teams jockey and moving. By the way, this has nothing to do with record, in my opinion. I don't put a poll together like college football with the best record. Who's playing the best football right now in the NFL? That's how I look at it. Who's playing the best ball today in the league? Not the best record in the league. That's for some of you idiots. Number 10. I got the Cowboys here. They're a good football team. I think they're well coached on defense. Dan Quinn had a great game. Dan Quinn coached his ass off in that football game. And he's going to be in line to be a head coach somewhere again. Dan Quinn's a great coach. Cowboys are opportunistic. They're good on defense. They get home. Dak, if he plays like that, they're going to win a ton of games. That team's not going to go away. I got the Cowboys at 10. I don't know what it is. He's got to be the best coach in the league. Man, he I don't even know how he's winning. How are Steelers winning ballgames? Mike Tomlin is such a Hall of Fame coach. I, I have no idea how Pittsburgh's winning. Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky? Are you kidding me? You're winning with that garbage in the AFC? It's crazy great. He is such a good coach. Such a good coach. I have mad respect for Mike Tomlin. Man, he can coach his ass off. Number eight, got the Bengals here. They're coming. And they're beating quality teams each and every single week now. Who do they got this week? Who does Cincinnati? I think Cincinnati's got a, another. Okay, that's going to be an interesting ball game. 
Um, CJ Stroud versus Joe Burrow. Interesting. Going to be very interesting to see how D'Amico Ryans puts a game plan together in Cincinnati against the Bengals. That has become an interesting game now that the Houston Texans are 4-4 four and four on the year. I got the Dolphins here at 7, and I'm not sure why. I don't believe in them. I don't know what I'm seeing here with them. I got the Lions at 6. This is the Big Seals top 10 NFL teams. Cowboys 10, Steelers 9, Bengals 8, Dolphins 7, Lions 6. Here's the top five teams in the league. 49ers, Jags, Chiefs, Ravens, Eagles. I think the Eagles and the Ravens are playing the best ball in the NFL as we're at the halfway mark now. Isn't it funny? Two quarterbacks that are dual threat guys had the two best ball teams in the league in my, right now, in my opinion. I think Lamar's playing MVP football. I think Todd Munkin has made a dramatic improvement. He's leading the NFL in passing completion. And then you got Jalen Hurts continuing to evolve and get better and better and better and better. Um, it's incredible. So really, there's probably six teams that truly have a shot at winning the Super Bowl this year. Eagles, Ravens, Chiefs, Jags, Niners, um, Bengals. Cowboys, again, I don't, I don't know what the Cowboys are thinking when they're going around parading around everybody and telling everybody that, hey, we're more confident now after a loss. I don't get that shit. I just don't. I, I, I do not get that. How You know what? And if I'm old guy, get off my lawn. I want to live in the past because you know why? In today's society, when I see people celebrating second place, sorry, dude, okay? <laughs> like General Patton says, Nobody celebrates the loser out there. You show me a guy who celebrates second place, I'll show you a waiter. I don't want to see any of that. Guy, I believe, who understands it. And by the way, I want to know when I talked to Merrill Reese the other day, and I want to know where this hatred for the Cowboys came from. Only guy I know to go to is a Paisan, and he is Angelo Cataldi, and he joins us now here. Angelo. Where did this hatred come from with Cowboys and Eagles? Oh, wow. That's uh, Tom Landry. That's <laughs> We're going back to the 1960s. Uh, it started real early. All I know is I I've asked uh, uh, Dick Vermeil that question many times. Because, uh, he has such a deep hatred for the Cowboys. I said, Dick, where did it come from? But he went, no, will you get there? Like if you're a first year coach or you're a player, you are instructed that immediately you must hate. It, it must be a blood feud at all times. I can't tell you how the whole thing began. It has to do with the America's team and the fact that Philadelphia doesn't like anybody being called that. Philadelphia doesn't want to be it itself, but it doesn't want anybody else to be that presumptuous. And I think, uh, that's where it started. Did that Buddy Ryan fan the flames when they faked the kneel down at the end of a game and ran it up on Jimmy Johnson? They hated them. And and um, in my book, I got a story about a guy who severed a head of a uh, of a Troy Aikman doll with a chainsaw. By the way, the book is I got the book now. Oh, oh let me see it. There. Oh, oh, wow. The book is out. 
Uh, you could get it right now. You could. I'll send it to you right away. At oh, Angelo my God. Cattelli. I love that. AngeloCatelli.com. And it'll be on Amazon, both as a book, a hard book, and it will be um, on Kindle on the 28th of November. And uh, I am going to be recording an audio book at some point in here, too. That is so fantastic. I'm going to put it right next. Well, you just mentioned yeah. Jimmy. So I'm going to put it right next to Jimmy Johnson's book up there on the wall there, Swagger. You're going to leave me your information. You're getting the next copy, Danny. Thank you so much, man. I mean, <laughs> hey, after what you saw on Sunday, uh, is Jalen Hurts becoming your favorite Eagle of all time? Uh, he's No, he probably will not top Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey to me, there's, they're both amazing players. Jason Kelsey is, is an amazing player who is just like a fan. He's got the same passion. He's got the same look. He's got, you know, he's kind of got grungy and dirty and, and nasty. And you saw him getting in the face of all those cowboy, cowboy guys on Sunday. Uh, they're both amazing. They're, they're so easy to root for. But Dan, I got I need your help this spot. I'm going on my old show tomorrow. I haven't been on that show since I left 10 months ago. And, you know, to promote the book, but I'm just still not, I, I haven't bought into this Eagles team. I haven't bought into it. Like you were just saying, the Cowboys are taking great pleasure from almost winning the game. The Eagles handed it to them. The, the last drive, no timeouts, 45, 48 seconds to go. The Eagles hand them 60 yards and penalties to put them on the doorstep. So you're not comfortable, Angelo, no. with the way that they're winning games this year compared to yeah. what they did a year ago. Because in my opinion, Angelo, this is what I say, right. that they are allowing teams with this new formula of not being a dominant running team, and they haven't been really right. over the last month and a half. You're allowing teams, with, and you're giving yourself less of a margin of error at games because you're keeping everybody else in the game yes. plus the turnovers. And to me, I think it's a remedy plus the sketchy coaching. I think that yeah. it really is really kind of for them to be a one. It's amazing, but it just seems to me you're more on edge this year. Well, here's the thing. All right. Um, in your experience following the NFL and I've been around longer than you have, but I have never seen a team that had a defense that was 26th against the pass and eight and one. It doesn't add up, right? They can't cover the pass. The last two games, Dan, 770 passing yards. And one of those quarterbacks was Sam Howell. Ooh. And at 770 yards, and I'm watching them with wide open receivers all over the place in almost every game. They win. Everybody's happy. I'm going on this show tomorrow, and I'm going to be like the Grinch that stole Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think they're that good. And I think the problem is what you just said. I think it's coaching. I don't think the coaching is very good. I've been saying it all I year. I don't think it. I've been, I've, been, I, I've been saying it all year, and I think it's personnel decisions too. that And money decisions. They're stabilized the linebacker position, but it's still not good enough to cover. It's Your not. safeties are horrific. Your corners yeah. have been – one corner is completely overpaid in Bradbury, and the other guy oh. is – do you know what the Cowboy wide receivers were saying? 
the Cowboy wide receivers, and I, I posted this, we got over a million views on it, that the Cowboy wide receivers are doing this. Um, they're slow, and they play from behind, and they yeah. can't cover. Look at what yeah. they did to that guy Ferguson. They turned that guy Ferguson into a superstar. Ah, Bradbury. I don't know what's going on with him. He was awful in Sunday's game. Awful. And and even the Slay isn't what he was two or three years ago. So who's stopping the pass? So here's what I would say, all right, as somebody who doesn't know anything about football, even though I've watched it for 60 <laughs> years. If I have such a bad defensive secondary that can't cover the pass, 26 in the league, and I had a 70-sack defensive line last year, this year I'm blitzing the heck out of the other team and giving them less time to find the open receiver. They don't – Dan, they don't blitz almost – Ever, almost ever. I was watching Kansas City play by every, and you know how they got uh, tour all messed up. They were throwing players from everywhere at them. They were blitzing them on almost every play. I don't understand how you can be passive when you can't cover the pass. I don't. I don't you're you're going to get calls from Bob Lang tomorrow if you're going to talk yes, like this. I know I am. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm going to say to him. He is like the the publicist for the Eagles. I'm going to say to him, I'm retired. Don't bother me. Hey, I'm going to, Angelo, here's again what you're, I've been saying this the entire year about this. I'm like, their ability to throw the ball more, they want to throw it more. That means there's going to be a higher chance of more turnovers and a higher volume of turnovers. That's what's kept these other teams in it. Plus the inability to run the ball consistently. They don't have a power back. Think about this too, Angelo. The places that Howie didn't spend the money on, and I think this has got a lot to do with Howie Roseman and how he wants those defenses to be played. You know you know what's crazy, Angelo? You're, I think you and me are the only people in Philadelphia that know that Nick Sirianni has no autonomy in that building and that Howie makes oh, the majority of the calls he when does. it comes to personnel who play Sunday and type of scheme they play. You're you're 100% right. And, and obviously – they're doing a scheme that the owner and that the general manager think is best for the team. And I still have my doubts about it. I just, it just doesn't make, they're watching the same game we are. They're not frustrated when a team gets 60 yards down the field and is on the doorstep to win. That would have been a catastrophic loss for the Eagles. And the only thing that bailed them out is the Cowboys who are awful in the red zone, awful in the red zone. Now they're not doing quick passes, which is how you beat the Eagles. Now they're dropping back seven steps and waiting for Josh Sweat to come in and sack uh, Dak Prescott. It's just, Dan, I, either I know too much or I don't know anything. No, no. I, hey, I don't know what it is. You know what? You know what, Angelo? I call Nick Sirianni a cheerleader. Yeah. And I, I tell you, I think he's a cheerleader. I don't really think. I mean, look, every like here's another example of the lie today. So he was asked a question at his press conference. I think it was yesterday. Are you happy with the run game? Oh, we're excited about the run game. We're happy. I'm like, no, you're not. Why lie to people when you don't need to lie to people? You're covering for shitty calls in the jet game. Hey, that's my call. What do you mean that's your call? Well, that's why they took the play calling away from you after seven games. What's your actual job? I mean, I think that team's eight and one because of the players and the guys in the locker room, Angelo. Yeah. Not because. Yes. Do you agree that coaching? most likely once again will stop this team from the success that it needs to have. 
Well, let me rephrase this because you were just talking a minute ago about the teams that could win it all. And one of the ones you mentioned were the Jaguars, who was coached by Doug Peterson, the guy who won a Super Bowl for the Eagles. Who do you think could give you a better chance to win with this Eagles team? Is it even close? Doug. Is it close? No. Doug is is a better coach by far. I don't. Yeah, you want to hear this, Angelo? Yeah. So people start barking at me today about win percentages. And I go, hey, what's his name? Is 55 and like 47. You don't actually think Nick Sirianni's a better coach than Doug Peterson, do you? Uh-huh. They go like this. Well, look at his win percentage. I go, uh-huh. coaches aren't gauged on win percentages. They're gauged on championships. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> like, That's the way I gauge it. Look, look at Matt LaFleur. He won 68% of his games in Green Bay. Uh-huh. Right. What, what's that mean? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just and the, and the reason that Doug Peterson is not in Philadelphia still coaching this really great roster is because he wanted more say than they were willing to give him. I think he wanted to have a more aggressive defense than they have right now. And they said no. He wanted his own assistance. And they said no. This is after winning a Super Bowl. And here I am, Danny. Here's why I think I need to, to get therapy or something. <laughs> this is an eight and one team. And I know. what have I been doing but bitching the whole time they've gone out? out <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? They're eight and one. <laughs> <laughs> you know why, Angelo? Because I, I, I think you and I are in the same pot here with this and that. You are right here and you've got a moment of greatness where you can just. Yeah. Philadelphia has never had a dynasty outside of the Flyers. If you want to validate, Angelo, these last two years and you want to validate what they've done, you have to close the book. You can't just show up to the test and say, I passed it. You got to get it through. That's it. You just nailed it. How many teams are going to have iconic all-time players like like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, um, this DeAndre Swift has been fantastic. He it's has Brown is could be the MVP of the whole league. You think he's better? You think he's the greatest wide receiver in Eagle history? Yes. Yes. Wow. Did I need any time for that? No. no. And and Harold Carmichael. You think AJ Brown's the greatest wide receiver in Philadelphia Eagle history? AJ Brown, I am positive AJ Brown is the wow. best wide receiver in Eagles history. Now, if he stays here long enough, he'll get the numbers to back it up. But he makes plays nobody could make. Not even Mike Quick, who is brilliant. But he wasn't as fast as AJ. He wasn't quite as elusive as AJ. Hal Carmichael was great. But he was more of a possession guy. He could beat you deep. But he was he took advantage of his huge you know, his height, 6'7". But, uh, no, this guy is phenomenal. Just great. But it's not enough. If you don't win it with all these stars... What did you win? You didn't win anything. You didn't validate it. And I don't think, look, they're facing the Chiefs in a couple of weeks. And the Chiefs took them to school in the second half in the Super Bowl. I don't see anything changing. I, I think Mahomes is going to have a field day. I think I don't think they're going to double team Kelsey the way the Dolphins did last week. They don't but have anybody to cover them. They, they don't have anybody to cover them anyway. And I just think Mahomes is going to eat him, eat him for lunch. I do, and if, I think if, that if is Dak the Achilles' heel. Three hundred and seventy yards. What's Mahomes going to do in that game? Exactly. You With know, Reed, Mahomes can whatever number he wants. He could probably post. 
They can't cover these guys. And if you don't blitz, he's going to have enough time. Dan, I am – see, they're going to just murder me in Philadelphia. I'm going to get – this is horrible. Maybe I'm getting out of my system, and tomorrow I'll just say nice things. <laughs> Yeah, man, I tell you what, I, I, I'm, I'm right here with you, man. I'm, I think you're, you and I are the only guys that yeah, absolutely we are. talk like this, man. I mean, I, I just, I, it's not that we're killing them. We're saying, look, right. you're right here. Yeah. You have a shot to really do super stuff. Yes. Don't let it, like Rocky says, you can't let it pass by, Rock. You can't let the opportunity. That's where I come from here, Angelo, is with more with that. I mean, they're so close to really doing something super here. Let me let me throw this at you. Um, when you look at how this football team has, has played in the first half of the season and you look at some of the personnel decisions that were made financially um, and you, then you look at how some of the injuries now are starting to pile up here with Dallas Goddard. Does it get to a point where you know after covering Howie for so many years that he gets to do this with Dallas Goddard? You know he's missed 21 ball games in six years. I know. I know he has. When do you when do you address this and say, this guy's injury prone? It's not that hey, and Angelo, I love him. He's a yeah. great player. Yep. He's really wonderful. But here at a stretch run again, and almost the same time a year ago is yep. when he went down. Do you start with depth or do you well, start the process of replacing him? He's got the problem he's got is that the cap keeps bumping into him, even though he's good at managing it. And they had a lot more latitude a year ago before they were praying Hertz all this money. They had a lot more wiggle room than they have right now. I just I, I think they're going to be okay at tight end. It's not they weren't using Goddard as much as they probably should have been anyway. Oh, Goddard is really a good a weapon, but I think the problem's going to be, you saw it in the game against the Cowboys. This whole eight and one team is hanging by the thread in the, in the knee of Jalen Hurts. If, if that knee gets worse, if he doesn't get over this knee issue that he's dealing with and not really saying much about, um, they have no chance. The minute he's gone, they're done. All right. Marcus Mariota ain't leading anybody to anything. All right. Uh, so they're really, I guess you need luck. You got to have luck too, but you don't get 10 shots at this with this kind of a roster. So when you got one like this, you got to use it to the best that you can. And I don't think these coaches are doing that. I don't either. Um, do you think they've become too reliant on AJ Brown? No, not, you know, I've always been, uh, I've always believed that if you have a great weapon, you use it until he drops. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like, ride I that know. pony until he, until oh he's out, God. right? I, I can remember, man, there's so many great uh, receivers from when I was first watching football, like Lance Allworth, Bob Hayes, people like that. And those guys were, man, they would catch 12, 15 balls a game. No, I have no problem with them using that. I think he's making Devontae Smith better. Um, I, I even think they'll get to use Julio Jones more. I think he's going to be helpful, especially in the red zone. No, I think that's all fine. I'm not even complaining that much about the offense, except for the play calling in the red zone, which hasn't been good, and the play calling in the final three series against the Cowboys. That why 33, they chuck it down the field? Why? Why? they? I don't understand. You're throwing deep? And then Sirianni comes out the next day and he goes, 
For us, that's a high percentage play. No, it isn't. Come on. You need seven yards. Get the guy to do a slant and pick up the first down. Now, I, uh, Dan, look. You did a segment uh, with him wrong. once a week. We're wrong. Right now, I want to explain. You and I are wrong because they're eight and one. <laughs> but when they lose two or three of the next four or five, people will suddenly go, you know what? That's Saleo. He's smarter than he looks. Hey, Angelo, wait a minute. You did a segment with Nick Sirianni once a week? Every week for two or three years. How that was it contentious? Yeah, at times. <laughs> well, he, I, I hated their defensive coordinator last year, Jonathan Gant. So I would uh, rip them all week and then they would win the game. And then Nick would come on and go, Well, you're going to take back what you said about, about Gannett. And I went, well, you gave up 372 yards. Yeah, you didn't cover the pass. It was like it was, but you got on the real point. It probably wasn't entirely Gannett. It's probably not uh, Sean Desai this year, who's the defensive coordinator. It's probably the philosophy of the organization. It is. Requiring these coordinators to play soft. It, and it's plug and play, Angelo. Angelo, yeah. it's what it does, it, it's easier for Howie to replace a player than a system. Yeah. Because that takes more players right. to replace. So this is why the Psy has to come in yeah. and change his thought process. That's why you see a little bit more blitzing than you did a year ago. Because he believes in that a little bit. Yeah. But this is a this is an organizational mentality right. that they would rather plug and play because it's easier on personnel decisions when they're trying to find a guy and bring him in. So this is a Howie yeah. thing. I guess. Look, I hope we're wrong. I would love to see another parade in this city. Um, and I just uh, – I hope it turns out better than what my – my. I'm watching these games and going, this is not – no championship team has these kind of numbers on pass defense. It just doesn't. And I think it comes back to bite you at some point. Okay, I have to – I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Carson Wentz. Um, has signed with the Rams. And, you know, you know, Angelo, I said this. Right. His time in Philly, for me, right. his time in Philly was a short-term success in this light. He delivered. He was part of something that delivered right. a Super Bowl championship. He was 11-2. Right. It started great, finished horribly. He couldn't handle many of the things mentally that were eroding around him and the bickering in the organization right. that was going on around him. And he yeah. wasn't mentally tough enough. And that's not an excuse. When you're paid $38 million, you got to overcome that kind of crap. But when I say that, am I wrong when I say that to me, he was part of a moment and maybe one of the greatest moments in the history of Philadelphia sports history. Which would not have happened if he stayed healthy. You understand? If okay. he stayed healthy. I don't care if he was the You MVP. don't think he wins that Super Bowl if not he's healthy? Not a chance. Not a chance. And this was a recurring theme the last – Four years I did the show on, on WIP. Uh, no, I think he, for what you just said, he wasn't mentally tough enough. And they managed to bring in a guy who had less talent, but was really mentally tough, Nick Foles. And the combination of him and the, the brilliance and the, and the gutsiness of Doug Peterson is what gave us that treasure. You know, it, it's it's the greatest thing that ever happened in my time, Philadelphia. Were you were you a person that was, boy, this is going to be almost an embarrassing question to ask you, um, because 
I wonder how many times the bosses and people got calls from the Eagles when you were debating this topic here because they just gave Wentz 38 million bucks annually. Were you on the side of saying that, hey, they need to trade Wentz and keep Foles? Where were you in that process during that no. time? No, I, 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 I bought into the talent that Wentz had for a really long time, even up, up till the clowny hit in the playoffs. Seattle. That knocked them out. And, and then I saw the way he reacted to that. I saw the, the fact that his teammates didn't come to his defense. And then I saw his reaction when Jalen Hurts was drafted. And then you knew that mentally he was not going to, he was not going to be able to cut it. And now he's uh, in LA and look, he's a good guy. I, I wish him well, but I have a feeling that uh, they will be equally disappointed in what he gives them. Who wins the Super Bowl first, Sirianni or Peterson? <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> yeah, um, um, hey, by the way, I want right. the date marked. <laughs> all right, listen to me. I'm going to be a weasel here, which I used to call a lot of people. I think this year John Harbaugh wins it with the Ravens. How's that? Lamar, John, Lamar Jackson looks really good. I think maybe they'll win. I just don't think the Eagles – I don't like a porous defense, and I like the Ravens defense a lot. Maybe maybe the Bengals. I just I Angelo, Angelo. Up Nick guys. Nick Nick or 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 Doug between those two guys. Yes. I'll give you a different one. Who wins more division titles? Doug or Nick? Doug. Doug, because you just heard the Cowboys. They're they're probably gonna win a division this year. You heard the way they were talking. <laughs> <laughs> You're just not comfortable with this team on a week to week. I'm not. And 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 here's the problem: the people who replaced me at my old station, they're just lavishing love on them. They're, most of the hosts, including the ones that are on my show now, Joe DeCaver, John Ritchie, they're loving them. They're loving them. You were not replaced. You stepped down. Let's get um, it right here. Okay. I think I stepped down because I'm a dinosaur. That's what no. I think. And I'm no, going to be a laughing stop. Is that the same John Ritchie that wanted Lincoln Riley to be the next head football coach? All right. The Hold Philadelphia, on. Philadelphia Hold Eagles? Don't start dredging up. <laughs> I already got stuff I want to get on him tomorrow. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you miss it? Oh, dad, dad, don't forget. Loud now available. I'll send a copy right out. I'm sending a copy right out to you. Just send me your your information. It's now available at AngeloCatelli.com. In fact, here's what happened yesterday. I got one, and it was that you know I'll personalize it. Whatever you want me to say, I do. And and the guy said, all I want you to say is bleep Dallas, but not bleep the actual word. Now, would you have done that? Would you, or would you? Would of you course, I would, if, if somebody's buying a book for me and they know that my the way that I've done radio right. and I've done broadcasting, I've been in it thirty five years. Okay, and if I've done it like that, I I would have done whatever they wanted to do as long as you tuned in to me. It's an honor that people tune into me with all the options. Okay, so you bet I would do it whatever they wanted. I mean, hey, funny, I got to tell you the story. So I'm not going to tell you. Well, I'll tell you the market manager at. Um, Odyssey, after he heard you go like this, he goes, when Angelo goes, you should you should have been a number one chair in here. 
And you know what he said? He goes, Silio, you're like Angelo. He goes, you can't say some of the stuff that you say on the <laughs> today yeah. in today's right. landscape. He goes, I want you to know that. Um, and I thought it was pretty nice. You know, Jeff reached out and said the same thing. He goes, radio's just not for work, guys like you and me. Cause it's more of a salesman's kind of deal. And you got to be kind of a cheerleader, like you said, and no shade right. on anybody. Cause you're trying to keep your job. But I mean, you got to be a cheerleader today in radio, Angelo. Yes. But Dan, do you think I wrote what the guy asked me or not? <laughs> I want to know what you think. What did I do? No. I didn't. <laughs> I was right on the fence. And then the check cleared. <laughs> no problem. I will personalize it with swear words if necessary. I tell people this, Angelo, I don't leave my driveway for less than five grand. <laughs> God bless you, Dan. God bless you. <laughs> Angelo, thank you so much, my friend. It's a pleasure, Dan. Take take care, my friend. You Bye -bye. got it. The great Angelo Cataldi. It is wonderful to talk to him, and I appreciate him so much. Hey, by the way, we have a lot of fun, as you can see. You should see our text messages as we go back and forth. It's absolutely crazy here, man. Hey, happy wing givings from Hooters. The iconic Hooter girls are celebrating with you this November. All the great specials that they have Monday through Friday. Ice cold Coors Light, $2.99. 25 cents of that will go on each purchase to a local charity. Hooter calendars are out. 2024, I think nine of the girls in the Northeast area are in the calendar too. So you go to the calendars at Northeast. Hooters.com. That's northeasthooters.com. They got $100 in gift coupons inside. Lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 11.30 to 3 p.m., boneless wings. Military Mondays, 20% off all day for all our great military people. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. All you have to do is know that that's the year the place was founded. All you can eat and kids eat for free on Saturdays. That's northeasthooters.com. That's northeasthooters.com. And do me a favor, when you roll in, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Angelo just goes like this. Just so he just called me. And he's like, um, he, <laughs> he goes, dude, can I, can, should I say it? He said, you'd have been, it'd have been insane for you to be on the Philadelphia radio. And I go, I wouldn't have lasted. Because you have to have, yeah, yeah, you have to have a set of stundines to have a guy like me on. You do. You have to have a set of stundines. Hey, I give you guys credit. I give you guys credit. I do. By the way, Philly five hundred five thirty Eastern time. The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in the NFL with an 8-1 record. No, wrong. Take that out of there. Record doesn't matter right now. It makes you the best team. Who's playing the best ball today? Are they playing better ball than Baltimore? Yeah. They are. You're not the best team because you're 8-1. and one. You're the best team because you're playing the best ball. Get it right. This isn't college football. Who's playing... Like, get this. Who's playing better football right now? The Bengals or the Bills? Who who's playing better football in the AFC? The Bengals? Let me let me let me think of a team that has a that has a better Pittsburgh. Do you do you actually think Pittsburgh, because they have a better record, is playing better football than the Bengals? I don't. Like, do I think Dallas is a better team than San Francisco? I do not. I do not think that. Who's ever playing that well and doesn't have significant injuries that week will win that week. You could have the greatest roster in the NFL and not win. 
You did a year ago. You, wait, get this. Philip, you had the best roster a year ago and didn't win. Thought the better team wins. I thought the better team wins. You played nobody's in the conference and divisional rounds, and then you got to the Super Bowl, and you were taken out in the fourth quarter. Who's ever playing that well that week? You don't get ranked, and you don't get ranked, especially by me, by your record. You get ranked by how well are the here. Let me go back and look at this. My 10, my 10 best teams, I gave them already. Cowboys 10, Steelers 9, Bengals 8, Dolphins 7, Lions 6, 49ers 5, Jags 4, Chiefs 3, Ravens 2, and Eagles 1. I don't put records there. That had nothing to do with the records. That's who I think is playing the best ball. Who's playing the best ball in the NFL? Is it Philly? Yes. Who's playing the second best ball? The Ravens. I think we all agree on that. Then I think we'd all put the Chiefs third. To me, the top four teams, if we're going to play a tournament, like college football, and we're going to have the college football playoff, do you know who they would be? You want to hear something crazy? There'd only be one team right now that's an NFC team that would be in the final four in the college football playoff. That's the Eagles. The rest of them would be in the AFC side. Think about that, for instance. But look at the quarterbacks. Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I don't think there's any coincidence to that. Hey, I think the Lions are good too, JoJo. I do. But do I think they're better than the Jags, Chiefs, Ravens, and Eagles? I don't. I don't think that. And by the way, I'm not I'm not looking at records. I'm looking how you're playing. Are the Eagles getting how about this? I'll say this to you about Philly. Sills are the Eagles getting better each and every single week. I think they are. I think they are. I think your defense and secondary is regressing. At a massive rate. It's like watching a iceberg melt. You know what's funny? If you tune on any radio show in Philadelphia and you hear them talking about the secondary, you'll never hear anybody talking like Angelo and me. Those people give you rainbows and butterflies. That thing looks like it's melting away like an iceberg to me too. I mean, that's not a very good secondary. Now, I will disagree with Angelo one point. The Patriots won a Super Bowl with a defense overall ranking of like 25th. They've won a Super Bowl like that, um, not in the first half of the Brady dynasty, but in the back end of the Brady dynasty where they were down in the 20s and they won a Super Bowl, albeit you had Brady. I get it. Okay. You had Tom Brady. Okay. He's going to cover some of your mistakes on defense. Okay. Hey, and by the way, for the record, do I think the Philadelphia Eagles can win a Super Bowl? 
um, with the current defense in the shape it's in. I'll tell you what. Hard to argue at eight and one. Like you said, Angelo and I look like schmucks. Hard to argue it. But here again, at the end of every game, like I told Tone in three at the 330 mark, um, you're giving yourself so few room for error. There is just not a lot of room for error here. You have to be almost pers- – do you know the difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys in the fourth quarter was? Do you know what the difference was? Is that the Eagles made tactical decisions that were conducive to winning outside of that idiotic third and three and some of the idiotic conservative play calling of Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, in my opinion, I think the sphincter muscle got a little tight on him. Okay? And it showed. What's he going to do in a Super Bowl? You going to do that in a Super Bowl too? Sills, love your rankings, but I think the Ravens are playing better ball. Why are the Eagles better in your opinion? Because I like their front better defensively. I think Reddick is a factor. Okay? I think Hassan Reddick, um, over the last five weeks, Dirty D, he's got seven sacks. And between those two D tackles, I just like the front four more in Philly than I do with the Ravens. I think there's more front four. And if I had to pick Odell Beckham, Zay uh, Zay Flowers, the tight end, I would still pick the Eagles passing game. Do I think that Jalen Hurts is a better passer than Lamar? I do. Do I think that AJ's better than Odell Beckham? I do. Do I think that uh, Devontae Smith is better than Zay Flowers? I do. Do I think that the tight end in Baltimore is better than the tight end in Philly? I do. Okay? O-line, pretty comparable. Baltimore's got a sensational offensive line. They got some good ball players. They're one of the top three, according to Pro Football Focus, ranked O-lines in the National Football League. But I think Jalen's a better passer than Lamar. And I think that's also one of the pushover factors on the I think the Ravens, I think right now the Ravens and the uh, Eagles are playing the best ball of any teams in the NFL. I think it's those two teams and everyone else, actually, with the Bengals coming up quickly. The Bengals are probably playing the third best ball. But they had to come from so far down in the gutter. I mean, were they like one and three? I mean, They got so little room for error themselves right now, just getting above water. I mean, that North division, like you said, and I I agree with Tone, that North and the AFC, shit, dude. I don't know who's going to win it. I think Baltimore. One injury here, one injury there, though. Cleveland can win it. You know know what, too? Here's the thing about Cleveland. Is Watson going to be a player or not? I don't know. But you paid him the money, so you kind of go, you know, it's there. We're not talking about a 35-year-old guy. He's like 26. Okay, so does he get it? Because if he gets it going, Cleveland will win that division. If Deshaun Watson gets that thing going in Cleveland, they will be a tough out. 
okay? It's the best division. Baltimore, I mean, that's the best division in football. Because the bet, all four teams can qualify for the playoffs. All four teams. Um, you know, you know, you know, you know, hey, DB, I thought that too, man. Lining up Julio at tight end, he's sure big enough. But I don't think you line him up. Can I tell you what I think I might do, but I don't know how creative Brian Johnson is? What's that kid's name out of Florida that plays down in Atlanta? Uh, Pitts? You know how they play him? They play him on the weak side. They don't really line him up doing in the run game and block him in the run game. They kind of line him up off the ball a bit. But they play him at the tight end position down there, and they play him sometimes in the slot. Watson isn't getting anything going. I, I, I'm just saying, if he does, and, and yeah, hey, get this: Julio can't block. Kyle Pitts can't either. But they play him in that offense. He couldn't block at Florida, but he's a hell of a pass catcher. Okay, maybe you play him off the ball, and you play Julio like that, a tight end off the ball. I don't know. I mean, to me, I think it's going to be more swift getting more touches. I think, okay, you're going to see swift get more pass catches to cover the loss of Goddard. So it gives him another option. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Um, so, yeah, I mean. I showed up last year's NFC championship game dripped out in. Eagle gear. It was swamped with Niners fans. This one dude almost had a seizure when he saw me walk in. Niner fan got triggered. Why would he get triggered in Philly? Right? He should be the one triggered. Let me guess this too, Ryan. Did he have a wine glass in his hand? Most Niner fans have wine glasses in their hand or something over like a little napkin over there or one of those little wieners with toothpicks in it. You know, and Napa choose. <laughs> I squoze in this myself. <laughs> I squoze in this cheese myself from my own goat in my backyard. <laughs> I squoze in this. <laughs> um, hey, always remember this, Ryan. People in Napa Valley, they love dill pickles for some reason. I don't know, man. It's something really weird there with that. They like dill pickles. <laughs> right? My cowboy friends do not want to go to Philly for a game. They only invite me to Dallas to see a game. <laughs> yeah. White claws, right? I squoze in it myself. Where'd you get the cheese? My goat in my backyard. You got a goat in your backyard? Shit, the only place I used to see a goat was in, like, Stanford, Connecticut, was, like, at this place called Old Old McDonald's Farm. My grandpa used to take me there. Then I'd get a Carvel, and there'd be a goat in the back there, and I'm like, oh, that's what a goat looks like? I was like, man, those things stink. I was like, dude, I'm a goat, horse? Do I look like a goat and horse guy? (laughs) You stick me out in Illinois, I'm like, wow, look at the corn. I squoze in this myself. <laughs> Not me, man. Don't put me out there. Not happen. 
Hey, yeah, hey, my yeah, Carvel, man. Do you guys are there still Carvels around? My grandpa used to take me to Carvel all the time to get a vanilla ice cream. We used to get chocolate sprinkles, or I'd get I'd get variety sprinkles. I love Carvel. Arnold Schwarzenegger has a donkey. I think that's more of a political thing. OP, OPJ, he's finished. Come on, man. He's finished. Yeah, there's no, hey, yeah, there's no Carvels in California. There's in and out buggers. <laughs> Be like, okay, whatever, man. I don't go to in and out. I'll stand in line for a hot dog or a hamburger, whatever it is. Stand in line for, hey, remember this ham, uh, hot dogs? My aunt's going to hate me. Assholes and lips. McSills don't eat them. <laughs> Let me take a time out on that. Philly 500 is going to join us. I'm going to give you my top 10 NFL quarterbacks. We will talk with that, and we will get your opinion on it. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Power Hour coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit.
GLES Eagles. God, I love Angelo Capaldi. He goes, we are cut from the same cloth. Shit, you tune on that. Um, Damn, man. You know what, too? What kills me? My guy, Tone. Listen to all those other guys in Philly doing this. P-H-I-L-A. And I go, I'm like, okay. I mean, you know. I guess that's a style. E A G. I'm like, okay, you know, okay. It's a way to look at things. <laughs> Again, <laughs> full transparency. I didn't listen to any of those bums. I'm keen to say bums. He said, guys, I lived on YouTube for my Eagles talk. Good for you, man. You were a grown-up and not listening to them guys. Philly 500 will join us. I'm learning too, by the way. Tone is bringing me into like to today. The only thing I don't want to be brought into is some of the mentality of today. Okay? Get this. So you got a bunch of idiotic white kids in America protesting what's going on in the Middle East, and they don't even know what they're protesting. That's the kind of attitude you have. Dude. What's it to you? Gasoline's five bucks. (laughs) Gasoline's five bucks. A box of strawberries are 10 bucks. I mean, my rent's through the roof. Okay? I'm trying to get decent health care. I mean, some dude sitting in a lake in another part of the world, I don't care. I mean, then you got guys like Michael Parsons. Hey, I learned so much from getting my ass kicked. We're better. You know what? Hey, I'm more confident than ever. You're confident enough to get your ass kicked by the Philadelphia Eagles? Are you kidding me? You're, You're more confident when you get beat up. Who, get this, have you ever been more confident when you got beat up? If you got your ass kicked by somebody, did you go like this? Hey, man, I can't wait to get into when that bully comes at me in school. I can't wait to fight him again. <laughs> or did you hide under the bleachers? Right? Jesus, it's lunchtime. I hear he's got the same lunch today as me. Shit, let me get out of this. You don't have more confidence. You know what that is? That's insecurity. The Eagle, hey, if you take anything out of that Eagle win against the Cowboys, you know what you did? You knocked more of the confidence out of them. When people talk like that and they got to pretend that they're tough guys and they're pretend tough guys, you, you knock the confidence out of them. The 49ers and the Eagles knocked the confidence out of them. Yeah. Parsons is Skip Bayless. They both supporting losers. Dude. <laughs> Dude, the Eagles are here and the Cowboys are here. I mean, it's not even remotely close. 
It's just not. I mean, I think Skip Bayless is Michael Parsons' public relations director. 11 from heaven. Well, finally, he showed up to an Eagle game. Congratulations to you. After eight tries, nice to see you finally. Shit, you never see Jalen Hurts not show. Hey, you know what? That not that really remarkable, though, about Hurts? Have you ever seen him not show up, like in games? I've seen quarterbacks not show up. You see that thing last night that Zach will, holy cow, Zach Wilson does not belong in the National Football League. He is atrocious. That guy is the, one of the biggest busts in the history of pro football. He is awful, and he's god-awful. By the way, you think I criticize Nick Sirianni for supporting and lying and saying some of the shit that he says? That coach in New York supporting that guy? I mean, I'm assuming everyone in the locker knows he's lying. You cannot support that. Zach Wilson, I mean, that dude's going to be playing in the spring league soon. I don't even know if he's good enough for the Canadian league. Got to get the ball out on time. You got to know where to – have you ever seen a guy have no awareness in the pocket like that? Did it, didn't it seem like this? He's in the pocket. Zach Wilson goes, oh, and then he gets hit. How could you not see frontal pressure like that? How could you not feel that? I, I was like, hey, anybody see that catch last night by Keenan Allen? What are the hey, is Keenan Allen not one of the most um underrated players in the history of the league? That guy's got 10,000 receiving yards, and he makes that one hand like roll catch. I don't think it's quite as what Beckham did, but that was some athletic catch. You know, he was a second rounder, I think. Either second or third rounder out of Cal. My friend Wes Hopkins coached him. What a football player, man. That guy can – one of the underrated players of all time, man. Um, he is a ball player, Keenan Allen. What a great career he's had. They gave us their best shot and lost, and we sucked. I know, man. That's how I feel. Zach Wilson, Ryan Leaf, I don't know about that. Um, Ryan Leaf was better. Cal, um, Keenan Allen would be considered all-time great if he was in Dallas. That's a great point there, Tone. How about this one? If Keenan Allen was in Dallas, you'd be looking at CeeDee Lamb as a number two. Look at that. You think CeeDee Lamb has a career that Keenan Allen's had? I don't. <laughs> I do not. All right. Here are my... MVP race, my MVP race, and my top 10 NFL quarterbacks. By the way, Philly 500 is going to join us soon. Here we go. Number, number 10. Speaking of the Chargers, Keenan Allen, or Justin Herbert, number 10. Just gave him a $50 million-plus quarterback deal. Son, put up a lot of yards. You've put up a lot of touchdowns. You're having a really good passing year. The record's got to match what you're doing, though. You got to win. And you can't keep giving me excuses about, like, 
changing of coordinators and head coaches. Okay? I I don't want to hear it. Not when you make that kind of money. If you're on a rookie deal, I get it. When you're on a $50 million deal, that is not an excuse any longer. Jalen Hurts does not have an excuse with Brian Johnson as his coordinator. He has no excuses. If he throws a pick, they lose. It's on him, not the coordinator. Coordinator's not making $50 million. Hurts is. That's why 8-1 and one is important. Number nine, I got two of them. Boy, a lot of yards. Boy, he's really playing well this year. Man, he really looks good. I'll tell you something, though. You jam his receivers at the line of scrimmage. He's just a dude. This guy throws timing routes. You knock those guys off the routes, he struggles a bit. He's got to throw to a point. He's not a big arm guy. And if you jam up them wideouts, you know how you beat Miami? You jam their wideouts. You pause it. You make this guy pause in the pocket. And you make him pull it down. You make him have to do some pump fakes. And get this. You get that. That looks a little chaotic out there. I don't know, man. I think they're kind of figuring it out a little bit. I got Trevor Lawrence at eight. I think he's rapidly climbing up the list, too. Okay? I do. I think he's rapidly climbing up the list. To his all-timing. He isn't throwing like Kurtz. Hurts throws guys open he does hurts leads guys now uh if that guy's not wide open in miami's offense and they jam those guys at the point of attack there's not a chance that guy will be a turnover machine in the second half if they don't rectify that they got to go to more short passing uh routes in my opinion to kind of confuse that secondary because you got to kind of play like you got you you got to kind of disguise you got to do more disguises with Tua than you do with hurts that's why looking at that jet sweep, I couldn't believe it. I saw some creativity in the Eagle offense. I got Jared Goff at number seven. I think the Lions and this guy continue to get better. I'm not even a golf fan, but I'm becoming one again. I got Dak at six. I think the last three weeks probably been one of the better stretches for Dak as a player. But Dak, you got to win a big game. Beating these chumps like the Giants, like you're going to play the Panthers in the next two weeks? Okay. You really want me to give you kudos for beating the Giants and the Panthers? Not here, but dude, you got to win. I got Josh Allen five. Um, Now you're blaming, look at this, always blaming the batting coach. Like you're always blaming Ken Dorsey. Son, you got to play better. Well, look at his stats. No. Again, we talk about situational big plays. He's not making enough of them this year. You've got to make situational big plays. That's why Hurts outplayed Dak massively on Sunday. Yeah, but Sills, Dak had more numbers. Not when it mattered. They got Joe Burrow, four. He wasn't even on this list two weeks ago. And he's a coming up there, boy. I'll tell you. Joe Burrow looks like Tom Brady right now. (laughs) This guy's playing really lights-out football. He is playing lights-out football. I got Patrick Mahomes, three. Why is it that I'm the only guy that has criticism of Patrick Mahomes this year? 
and I do this. I don't know. Doesn't seem – is there banning me missed or something or teams catching up with some of their shitty talent outside of Kelsey? I don't know. This doesn't look, you know? And number two. Well, so let me give this. Ten, Justin Herbert, Chargers. Nine, Tua, Dolphins. Eight, Trevor Lawrence, Jags. Seven, Golf, Lions. Six, Dak, Cowboys. Five, Allen, Buffalo. Four, Burrow, Bengals. Three, Mahomes, Chiefs. Number two, on the Big Sills top 10 quarterbacks. I got Jalen Hurts, too. Even with the turnovers, I got him, too. I think the last month, he's riding the ship. And I think the guy playing the best quarterback of anybody in the league right now is Lamar Jackson. I think he's just been sensational. I saw that dirty D trying to cover for Michigan because that's the only thing they have. Um, Tone says, very strong list. I got... I, I got Lamar number one. I got Hertz two. Mahomes three. Burrow four. Allen five. Dak six. Golf seven. Trevor Lawrence eight. Two and nine. And Justin Herbert. I got those are my. Now, here, I want to show you something else before we bring my boy Philly 500 in. So I had some people. I had some people in um, Atlantic City and Vegas ask me a question to put a list together for the MVP race, and I did. And here's who I put down for my top ten. I want Philly Five Hundred to hear this before you bring them up here. Number ten, I got AJ Brown. I don't give a shit what people say about Tyree Kill. I don't want to see it anymore. Tyree Kill is not playing better ball than AJ Brown. He is just not. He's not playing better ball. Number nine, I got golf. You know, the Lions are probably going to battle the Eagles for home field advantage. I got Purdy eight, Lawrence seven, Allen six, Burrow five, two of four, Lamar Jackson. Three, Hurts two, and Mahomes one. This is for the MVP. You got Hurts at two with 11 turnovers. That shows you how strong he's played the last month. Okay? That means he's turning this thing around. Big day today, man. Tone at 3.30, Angelo Cataldi at 4.30, and now we bring our friend in, the voice of the Eagle fans. It is yeah, Philly. what's up? How you doing, brother? I'm great, man. Wow, I get to follow Andrew Gataldi. You got to be kidding me! I remember doing a paper route three in the morning, listening to him. Yeah, I remember those days. Wow, that's awesome, man. How are you? All good, my brother. How you feeling after a big win against Dallas? 
I feel great. I love it. This is going to be a great bye week. Uh, you get to sit back and and watch the ta- Cowboys cry. I've never seen such delusion in a fan base more than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's really pissed me off, kind of, to be honest with you. Uh, you would think that Dak Prescott won the game. You would think the Dallas Cowboys won by the way all the talking heads have been talking about the posts on Twitter. Um, I, I, I think that it's kind of been disrespectful because I think Jalen Hurts getting hurt to the point where he's dragging himself across the field, can barely get on the field to stay in that game and play the way he did. I thought that was one of the ultimate gut out performances that you'll see. And instead of talking about that, to talk about Dak Prescott. Or how about Dak this Prescott one today? Get the job done. How about this one too today, Philly? Um, so Micah Parsons went on his show today and he does a show like you and I, and he went on his show going like this. We feel even more confident today <laughs> than we did prior to the Eagle game. And I'm like this. So you're taking victory laps for getting your ass kicked? Yeah. Didn't they do the same shit after the 49ers pounded him by 32? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I've never seen a more delusional locker room. Now, how about this? Not fan base. Locker room. Right. Well, I, I always consider, like, like when I do videos and stuff, I'll put Cowboys or delusional, not Cowboy fans, because I consider them one one brain. Because whatever the fans think, it's like the team thinks the same thing. Um, to me, I, I just can't believe how this thing has been turned uh, upside down. To me, when you look at that game, what, 10 minutes of the fourth quarter were like inside our 20, and Dak Prescott could not get it in. He could not score the touchdown. When it mattered the most, he came up small. That's how I see, uh, you know, Dak Prescott. No, no, no. He didn't have the numbers, Philly, that um, that 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 Dak had. But he, it's here's the conversation that I lay out. It's to me, it's the same kind of conversation that people sometimes get confused on in the Super Bowl. Well, Jalen had more had more passing yards than Mahomes. Right. Yeah, but Mahomes made the critical plays in the critical moments. Right. He had more right. critical plays. I thought Jalen outplayed Dak by a ton because he made the critical plays in critical moments. I, I mean, just the way he came out in that third quarter, they're down 17-14. You didn't even know if he was going to play in the second half. And to come out and then have those two drives with the great pass of Devontae. Man, I just I just thought he put the team on his back and said, "We're I'm going to will this. We're going to get this thing done right now. And I actually think the Eagles once again took their foot off the gas with Dallas uh, and let them back in the game. It, it didn't even need to be that close. Are you concerned about the secondary? Yes, of course. You, you have to be concerned about the secondary uh, if you watch the way they've played. Now, I do have some hope. Okay, I, I, I do have some hope. Uh, remember, if you remember when we talked before the season, one of the things we both kind of agreed on was we thought the offense would carry us early and the defense would come on later in the year. I'm hoping for that to happen. I'm hoping with Bayard still adjusting, with getting Roby back, and then hopefully the coaches, because this is the most important thing. It's not the personnel to me as much as it's the scheme. They've got to make some adjustments on that scheme. I would say this to you. I don't think that secondary is going to get better. How the defense can get better and help the secondary is more blitzing, 
and getting yes. home more because your talent is in your front four now. It's not in your back end any longer. Right. So to me, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's got to come from the front four because Philly, think of this. Last year, I mean, look, you're still in the top 10 in sacks, but what's different? It's the volume of pressure that's down. Right. Because last year you were on a historic pace. You know, instead of getting 10 pressures, this year you're getting four pressures or five pressures. That is cut in half, which leads to bigger routes being developed in the secondary, which leads to bigger plays and wider open zones. That's right. why you're seeing the secondary kind of get exposed a little bit. Um, the injury to Dallas Goddard. Is what? Uh, it's it's uh, it sucks, but it's it's <laughs> only four weeks. I mean, I I, I thought it was going to be the whole year when when you saw it on the field. So I I don't want to say we caught a break because that's a bad choice. No, word, you're right. But, Breaking but, an arm versus blowing out a shoulder is a break. You know, but but the fact that you're talking about we're talking about getting him back after four weeks. I think we could survive that. I, you know, I think we got enough guys to get through that. I really want to see how they use Julio Jones on passing downs. I think you need to get him a little more involved in the offense. Hopefully, Stall and those guys can block. You know, they got the kid from Denver. I can't remember his name, but um, you know, hopefully they'll use him more too. Uh, I think they'll survive with with Goddard out for four weeks. I think we'll. How be about all right. this now? I brought this up earlier, and again, watch this. I want everyone to know this. You and I, I believe, and I know Tone does, we love we love Goddard's ability. We love the player he is. We love the nose he has for the end zone. He's tremendous talent when it comes to blocking. Top five guy. He's missed 21 ball games and never played a full season, but won his rookie year in his wow. entire career. Isn't it time now for Howie not to replace him? I'm not looking to replace him, but you got to address that position in the draft because the guys you currently yeah. have there now, you're light. Look at right now. When he's out, you're talking about going to Julio Jones now. You're not even talking about going to another guy who's functionally able to hold it down. You're going right. to go to Swift, maybe Julio. But yeah. do you start doing what they did a couple of years ago when they had Zach Ertz and they ended up getting him and start the, the process of maybe trying to find that replacement? I, I think if the opportunity presents itself mid to late draft. Look, I'm not talking first or second round. I'm yeah, talking yeah, two, yeah. three, four, five. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I, I will say that, you know, early in Zach Ertz's career, too, he was hurt every year. I, this was a big thing for him. Like, can Hertz, Ertz stay healthy? And eventually he, he got it going. So I, I hope for uh, Goddard that, that he'll be able to stay healthy at some point. But I'm just glad he's coming back after four weeks. We'll be, we will be fine. We, we will manage. Do you think they're becoming too dependent on A.J.? No, I think sometimes when a guy's playing on the level that he's playing, you just gotta you gotta feed feed him, man. I, I think you know if, if this guy's playing on the level that he is, you had him what tenth as an MVP as a wide receiver, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you gotta you you have to feed him. I think a guy like Devontae Smith, and he kind of even said it like you know when a guy's playing on that level, you just gotta you gotta go with it. You do. So I I don't think so. Angelo Cadaldi called him the greatest wide receiver in Eagle history. Mm. Well, see, I will say this. I, it's very hard because I think of Tommy McDonald, and I was not around back then, right? So I can't say, but that's my guy, my dad's guy. But if you look at, from my point of view of all the receivers I have seen, I, I think that he's probably right. 
because Terrell Owens wasn't lo- there long enough to really, you know, carry. Okay, well then is he the greatest talent that's ever played at the wide receiver position in Philly? Yeah, probably him or To would be them two. Right. Yeah. I just love yeah. the way this. To me, the reason I like him over Tyree Kill, Philly is because once he catches the ball, the job's not done. Right. I mean, how many wide receivers you see that like Tyree Kill looks for a spot on the ground? This right. guy looks for a spot on your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he 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 could beat you downfield. He could catch the ball at three yards and turn it and make it 15 yards. He could break tackles. He could run over you. Uh, Tyreek Hill is all about speed, man. If you get if you get your hands on him and frustrate him, uh, you know, he's a different player. So I, I agree with you. He he's more complete. The injury to Hurts. It's week nine. You're in the middle of the year. He's hurt earlier now than he was last year. He's never been able to finish a full season. Mm-hmm. Is it the lack of having a big-time back back there? And I'm talking about a guy like, as crazy as this is going to sound, and I don't think Sanders is a big-time back, but Philly, he did have 1,300 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. Right. That's not been replaced. No, no. And I, I, I think that's by design, though. Like I, I think that has to do with how the Eagles choose to use these running backs. You can't tell me that you can't give DeAndre Swift a little more carries or you can't bring Rashad Penny up there. They have Boston Scott for what? They don't even use him. So I, I think that's a coaching situation more than, um, you know, not having Miles Sanders. What's, what's the point of going for a pass down the field on third and three and the fourth? <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll say this to you. You're basically almost handed the ball game to him. Yeah, that was stupid. I, I don't know that I was very shocked that they did that. And it almost cost us. I, 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 yeah, I have no idea what they were thinking on that, on that third and three. Are you concerned with the, I mean, like Angelo says too, the coaching, is it still as we're here? Watch this. I think being eight and one, I think it's remarkable how great that is. And by the way, 22 of 26 is insane. Great. 20. How about this number? 27 weeks in a row. The Eagles have had the best record in the NFL regular season wise. Yeah. That's freaking like college stuff. Like you're talking Georgia Bulldog stuff, like college. Those are those that's what you kind of conversation you have. It's it's insane. Do you feel more comfortable with the way they're winning games this year? Or did you feel more comfortable with the way that they were winning games last year? See, that that's an interesting uh question because last year if you remember we jumped out in the first half of these games we were up big right and that's another reason why you got so many sacks in the fourth quarter because teams were always having to throw but it seemed like at the end of those games the teams we always let them back in and you had to hold your breath and this year you're winning games close and it's close throughout the whole game I, I would say in a weird way I like the way they're winning now more because Why? I feel like I feel like they're battle tested. They're not going to panic if they're down three at halftime. They're not going to panic being down four in the fourth quarter. Uh, last year, I think things were easy early on, and then got dicey as the game went by. So I would say I actually like feel a little more comfortable with them now. Would you agree, James Bradbury's been the biggest disappointment on the football team this year? Yeah. 
yeah, uh, James Bradbury has not looked good at all. It, it really, uh, it really surprised me because I thought it would be the opposite. I actually thought Bradbury would be better and Slay would be the guy that's that's you know kind of flaming out. But no, it's true. Um, and here, you know, it comes off sometimes like I'm piling on, but if you keep putting him out there, I'm going to pile on. N'Kobe Dean can't play in this league at Mike. <laughs> he can't. I knew that. I knew that was coming. Hey, I knew it was he coming. He can't play Mike in right. this league. Now he's hurt again. He's hurt again. Yeah, he's hurt again. And actually, I, I didn't think they should have put him back in the starting role to begin with because Morrow was playing pretty good. And Cunningham, I thought they were playing actually pretty good. So this actually, because he's not played well, it actually may help them in their linebacker unit. What do you want them? Couple last questions here. What do you want them to work on the most in this buy? By the way, don't you think too, Philly? Think about it. Since February, these guys have played intense football. Have had, I mean, they have. They must be mentally just exhausted from right. the amount of ball that they've played. That probably the buy is in the right spot, right time, health, mental. The team's off. But what do you want them? to isolate on the most as they go into the second half of the season here? I think um, for me, I would say that I want to get Seth Joyner and lock him in a closet with our defensive coordinator because I think you have to change the scheme. The scheme is killing us. I mean, did they even blitz Dak Prescott in the last game? It, it makes no sense to me. And I think the one thing I, I want to see them change is – I want to see them adjust their scheme on defense. I'm not saying you have to completely revamp it, but you've got to do a better job of knowing when to bring pressure or having a feel for the game. You can't just allow a guy to go out there and, and you know, throw 80% against you. You can't do it. At some point, you have to bring pressure. You have to take chances. And to me, that's the biggest issue. Offensively, I would like to see them figure a way – to kind of phase Gainwell out, I hate to say it, especially in the red zone, and maybe get, uh, maybe give uh, you know Penny a, a chance to run a little more with Swift. Uh, I think their red zone has to be better offensively. Those would be the two areas. I didn't, I didn't know you guys added a new cheerleader to your uh, cheerleading cheer squad. You see, oh, Howie running down the sideline there, going, "Hey, yeah. look, it's my team," and you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he, hey, he likes he likes to be seen a little bit out there, doesn't he? Howie Roseman's like Tony Soprano. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he's Tony Soprano. Nick Sirianni's like Uncle. Wait Junior. a minute. He's like he's like Tony Soprano at the Bada yeah. Bing. Yeah. Remember, remember when in, in in Sopranos where Tony lets Uncle Junior think he's running the show. Yeah. But he's really run. Everybody thinks Nick Sirianni's the coach and running. It's Howie Roseman. Howie runs the whole show, man. Holy cow, That's Nick Sirianni is Junior Soprano. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> He's Junior Soprano. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, dude, how about today too, man? Someone asked him a question. Hey, what about the run game? You happy with it? And uh, Tony Soprano, Sirianni goes like this. Yeah, I love it. Come on. <laughs> you, they Why are you laughing? On, you have to keep it in the family. You know, they're not going to say anything publicly. But they've got to they've got to talk about these things. I would assume, you know. I I just can't imagine you sit there and go, 
oh, we, you know, we let Dak Prescott almost go down there and score on us. I, I can't imagine that they're not going to make any uh, adjustments. I, I got to think they will. I just don't know what they will be. We'll see. I got to ask you last question here. Carson Wentz to the Rams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even. That, what, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's like, here we go again. Was it a um, success to you, his time in Philly? You have to say yes because he won a Super Bowl. Right? I mean, he won yes. a Super Bowl. But here's the thing. Honestly, if you look back at it now, if he doesn't get hurt, I don't think they win. Because Angelo I don't said think, that. Get this. I don't Angelo think, said he doesn't feel he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with him because I don't think he had the stones or the mental makeup to do that. Um, and actually him getting hurt and putting foals in there uh, was why we won. I wouldn't have said that a few years ago, but after everything that we've seen with Carson and it happened, I really think that's true. You know what? I never thought this, but li 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 listen how crazy that 17 season was. Personally, I don't know if you agree with me, but not a chance in hell. Nick Foles wins home field advantage if he plays no. himself, but no. Carson Wentz doesn't win the Super Bowl if he's in that game against Brady. Right? How crazy is that? That that dynamic is that big of a swing. Yeah, that, that it's it's really feels like that was just destiny that year, because everything fell into place. None of us knew at the time, but I I really agree. I don't think Foles would make it through the season to get home field, and I don't think I don't think I don't think Carson plays the way Nick Foles played in the Super Bowl. Man, I agree. Can you hey? Can you imagine that? So I do too, man. I, I look at it the same way. He had a nuclear meltdown, and all of that. You know, he did. He had a nuclear meltdown, but we'll see how this thing plays out. Tony got, Soprano had a whack him though. He had oh, a whack. True. He had a whack. Carson Wentz, didn't he? He whacked. Yeah, you know, he had a whack Phil too. You know, you know, Phil yeah. he had to shoot him. He had somebody had to shoot him in the head because <laughs> Phil was talking too much shit. Get off my stoop. That's Remember right. that? He goes, hey, I had to eat I had to eat uh, cheese sandwiches off a radiator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember. Great show. Philly, tell folks where they can find you, my good friend. Just type in Philly 500. I'm sitting there every day putting videos out. Sick, healthy, whenever they come out. So that's it. You got it, brother. I'm Thank here. you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me on. You got it. That's my friend, Bye. Philly 500. We so appreciate him doing this for us, as he always does. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program assures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Junior Soprano. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. he totally is. Are you happy with your run game? Yeah, I love it. It's wonderful. Aren't you? No. <laughs> but I'm eight and one. Okay. You know, the biggest nightmare will be for Eagle fans. Oh, wait. I should get a shirt made. You ready? Let me see. 13. And, eh. Oh, no. I got to go here. Hold on. 28 and 6. With no title. Would be a shame. Dude, 28 and 6. I'm going to kill you for that. Because it's going to come down to the fact that you didn't have professional coaches in the building. It's one thing to go 28 and 6. And if you don't win a Super Bowl, I'm going to kill you. Because the one thing you didn't want to do was hire quality coaches. Don't go. 28 and six and not have a championship this year. I'm going to put that out there right now. And I'm going to continue to bring that up because you bring up the record. Well, I'm going to bring up this. 
I'm going to pray you win the rest of your ball games. And if you don't validate this year, how about you go 16 and one and you don't win a Super Bowl <laughs> and you win 31 ball games or 30 ball games and you go 30 and four? That's a failure of epic proportions. 30 and four, nothing to show for it is a colossal disaster. 25 and two, keep it going, Scott. Make sure each week, because what you do now is you consistently put the pressure on the team to win it. Don't come home without the title or don't come home. I didn't look at it that way. I am now. You better not not win it. Hey, by the way, if you don't win it, it's a failure. You're eight and one. You were eight and one at this point a year ago. You don't win it. You failed. Epic. You failed more this year than a year ago if you don't win it. And you know what? Who I'm going to blame? Not the players or Jalen. I'm going to blame the organization and the coaches. That's who I'm blaming. You got it. Great team. Great personnel. Great depth. Great everything. Okay? Are we all in agreement? I'll tell you what I'll even do. I'll turn into one of these Philly cheerleaders. Let's go team. 25 and 2. Let's go team. You lose. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put a marine chokehold on you. I don't think you have the coaches to do it. <laughs> Just to keep it fair here, I didn't think you had the coaches to do it in February. I thought you had the roster to do it, though. Isn't that funny? Coaches got in the way. 30 and hey. 30 and four with no title would be one of the biggest disasters in pro football history. You'd be like the 1970s Vikings with all those wins and nothing to show for it. Or like the Bills. There's a chance you could be the Buffalo Bills. You could either be the Cowboys of the 90s or the Bills of the 90s. Yet to play out, I don't know. I'm not wishing for either. I'm 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 watching history. I don't know. I don't wish for shit like that. I like watching it play out. Oh yeah. Matt, you you put a record like that up and you don't win, you'll be worse than the Bills run. The only difference is you're never going to see a team go to four straight. You're just not. That was pre-salary cap shit too. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 84. Come on, man. Tampa's got hey, um, 84. Tampa's got some good one, but you got to go over to Ybor City. And you got to go over to um, a friend of mine's restaurant, the Colombian. 
I'll leave it there. I met him back in 86 before he passed away. Some of you might know the name, but I won't bring it up. I met him in 84, 5 when I was playing up in Tampa when Miami went up there and played at Old Sombrero Tampa Stadium. They introduced me to him at the Columbia. Interesting fella. I won't name any names, but he used to live in Tampa and he used to live in Ybor City. And he was a good man to me. I really liked him a lot. I had a fun time with him. And the people at Columbia follow me today. Go back a long way with that group of people. I love the folks in Ybor City. Pablo Escobar. No. no. <laughs> Dude, who's Pablo Escobar? You guys would never even know who this guy is. If you Googled it, you probably would know. Okay. You'd probably know who he was, but I'll leave it at that. Unless somebody names him in here. If somebody gets his name right, I'll tell you who he is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm friends with the family still that is Jared from Subway. I think he's doing – dude, Pablo Escobar never lived in Tampa. Not that I know of. He lived in South Florida. Yeah, no, he never lived there. He's one of the most influential men in the history of – yeah, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Need to get better with offensive player personnel decisions and situational play calling. I think it has actually gotten better. I think it actually has. Camisero Hernandez? No. Our inability to salt away games is alarming. It's insane to think um, that this is sustainable at 8-1 and one for now. I hate to say that, but common sense is inevitable. We'll see, though. William, they're building up a resolve, though. They're building up. I think the Eagles are building up a resolve. I, I think the team's got way more resolve this year. Hey, Dodd, I agree with you, man. I think they really – I think they miss a couple players. I think they do miss Isaac Sayomalo. I think they miss Gardner Johnson. Um, And I think they miss Miles Sanders a little bit. Hey, Maniac, can you believe it, man? They couldn't get the name of the guy from Tampa who they say had something to do with JFK. They didn't get the name. The guy was a dear friend of mine for about three years before he passed. Yeah, maniac, awesome stuff, dude. Hey, um, Leonard Fournette, I'd like to have had something like that too. I'd like to have something like a big back like that. Jurgens, you know, Ray. Yeah, Ray, you got it. Santos. Know him very well. Yep. Look at that. You guys all over it. Santos, good man. His, his son owns a, like a bakery now. Hey, guys, I appreciate it very much. You guys were awesome. Thank you again for coming aboard. Um, Angelo was awesome. I thought Philly 500. And of course, our friend Tone was great. Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much. Tone, you're killing it, man. Keep it up, dog. Thank you so much. Tomorrow, two to six, and we shall see you on the flip side.
Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.